Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and Joan Jett on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny to partly cloudy today and a high of 29. Tonight, clear, low of 5. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny and even a little bit warmer with a high of 36. It's one degree out. Just one. One. Scott Cohen will be joining us this morning. We're going to talk about Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and Cincinnati Bengals. Talk about Tom Brady, a couple other things. That's all coming up after 7 o'clock this morning. And a lot of other stuff today, too. Just about 5.36 on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print the- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5.51 and Pink Floyd on Rock 102. It is going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 29. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 36. But it's a lovely negative 2 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, uh, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve and Negalabaka? Here's a tough one. Dr. Johnny Fever passed away over the weekend. He was uh, 81 years old. He died from complications from colon surgery. As God is my witness, I thought he could live. Howard Hesman was best known for playing DJ uh, Dr. Johnny Fever on WKRP Cincinnati from 1978 to 1982. He brought the character back for a handful of episodes in the new WKRP in Cincinnati in the 1990s, which was the worst remake ever. I don't even remember it. That's that's how bad it is. I remember watching that. uh, It was like... It was on like a Saturday evening at like six. In other words, they had no confidence in it whatsoever. Right. It was next to that. uh, There was two shows that I used to watch when I was younger uh, in the 90s and and on Saturday nights. And it was that and Small Wonder. You remember that one? Where the girl, she was a, the father worked for a robotics company. (laughs) And 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 the little girl's a robot? And the little girl was a robot. Right. You know, I know. If, I wonder if that says uh, more about the company that made it, or more about you that you were watching it. Well, I was a kid, and kids like that kind of thing. I, know. I remember when uh, Brian Skelly was in here. Uh, you know, the the, the brother of the uh, producer of The Simpsons, who was also a writer for The Family Guy. Yeah. He wrote uh, one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. It was called Out of This World. It was about a girl whose father went uh, went missing in space. And then she's back on Earth, and uh, she has these magical powers where if she puts her fingers together, she can stop time. No kidding. Yeah, and then she does all... It's a sitcom, so she does all these crazy things, and then the laughter ensues. And it yet was, Brian still kept getting work after that. Well, I mean, everybody's got to get something in there, but uh, those are those are maybe, things... Maybe it's because you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, but I mean, the show was popular among ch- children because that's the kind of audience that it was geared towards. It wasn't sure. geared, geared towards a uh, primetime audience. Hey, I hear you. Over the uh, years, uh, Howard made guest appearances on TV shows like ER, That 70s Show, and Fresh Off the Boat. His films included This is Spinal Tap. What did he do in Spinal Tap? He was the, um, he was the manager of the band that uh, was also at the same hotel at the same oh, time. Oh, 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 oh. He says, okay, I'm going to, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you yeah. don't mind, I got to go, uh, right. go sit in the lobby and wait yeah. for our limousine. Uh, Whereas was... Spinal Tap didn't have right. a limousine. I remember now. Hesman went on to play uh, teacher Charlie Moore on Head of the Class from 1986 to 1990. That was the name of the show I was trying to think of. That was actually a pretty funny show. Wasn't too bad. Right. And then they, they replaced him with the legendary Scottish comedian Billy Conley, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he walked away from that show. 
You think I thought it was the other way around. I thought Billy Connolly was first and then Howard Hessman came in. Pretty sure it was Howard Hessman. Hmm. And then he also joined one day at a time from 1982 to 1984 as Sam Royer. Well, there you I go. I don't remember what the Sam's uh, premise was. Uh, he was also part of the greatest film ever made, Billy Jack. That was a good film. That was a fan. That was a damn good film. I'm looking at the the pictures now. Yikes. All those good 70s movies. That was out. a hit. Yeah. When it came when Billy Jack came out, that was a hit. Was it really? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't good, but it was still a hit. Oh, it's like you asked me how could I watch that show with the robotics girl. Yeah, because I'm talking about real entertainment here. Well, that was real entertainment. But Whatever. Billy Jack wasn't a wasn't a, a, a mm. robot. A little girl robot or a little girl that could stop time with her fingers. Right. Well, that, that was a good show, too. I can't remember that girl's name, but I had a really big crush on her, too, in, the, in that in that show and that uh, where she could stop time. Well, let's look it up. Yeah, I'll have to look it up in a minute. Uh, the drama between Britney Spears and sister Jamie Lynn is far from over. In a now-deleted Instagram post, Britney called her scum and said she wishes her sister could take a lie detector test because she's lying through her teeth. Scum. I've heard some family members call each other worse. Yeah, I know. Have you ever been to my family uh, <laughs> gatherings? I, I think mean, you'd be pleasantly some, surprised. In some families, scum yeah. would be would be seen as a term of endearment. Well, I mean... Uh, you'd be happy to be scum. Scum is like uh, just starting the fight. You know right. what I mean? It's, it's when you get into the real good names at the end. That's when you know you had a good fight. Nick Cannon may be expecting another child, this time with Johnny Manziel's ex-wife, Brittany Tisi. If it's true, Bree and Nick's uh, Bree will be Nick's fifth baby mama, and the child will be his eighth, although he recently lost his infant son, Zen, to cancer. Uh, he's got a lot of kids. Yes, he does. He's got a lot of wives, too. He, or girlfriends, baby or whatever they baby are. Baby mamas. Yeah. Yee is, uh, Yee, that's, by the way, that's Kanye. Yee. He's updated to just yeet. Yeah, is rumored to be telling people that Pete Davidson is gay and has AIDS. That's that is like the most childish thing that you could say. <laughs> Isn't that what everybody? Hey, uh, hey Kanye, uh, what do you think about uh, Kim and that uh, new uh, that boyfriend, Pete Davidson? He's gay and he has AIDS. I don't like him. Isn't that what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Kim said, uh, "She's no, I don't know <laughs> no. what she said." But Some... isn't that what uh, what every <laughs> scorned man says of his ex-wife's first boyfriend? He must be gay. He's got AIDS. I mean, you know, just maybe not publicly, but you know, in a small yeah. circle of friends. Some sources say these claims are nonsense. Really, some sources do. <laughs> well, but, maybe all of them. But DJ Aka Akadem Aka Academics. Okay, it's spelled A K A D E M I K S. How did I not know? Academics. How that was? Plain as a nose on your face. Says he's telling these things to anyone who will listen. Well, of course he is, because he's upset. Yeah, he's he's hurt. Can you blame him? I, I wouldn't invite him to my ranch riding around in my raptors. <laughs> I have 76 of them. He'd be uh, the 77th person he'd have to walk. Caitlin? No, I don't know. She didn't have anything to say either. Uh, let's see. Queen was the most played rock band on the radio last year all around the world. How about that? All, all Across all genres, they ranked fourth behind Ed Sheeran, Dua Lipa, and The Weeknd. Wow. I really like that Dua Lipa. You really do, don't you? I do. 
She's uh, not only is she uh, she's very uh, easy on the eyes, but she's got a set of pipes on her. Well, you know, Steve. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not always about what a woman looks like; it's what kind of talent she has. That's right. You know, that's that's really what it's all about. No, she is saucy. There's she no is question very, about it. Very saucy. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Who's got Wacker Pro? And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the King of Snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, there you go. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals against the L.A. Rams in Super Bowl 56. A thrilling matchup between number four seeds playing in the Rams' home stadium. And while I would love to talk about the various matchups, analysis, and strategies that have been swirling around in my head, I find that I have much bigger questions to ask this morning. For example, whose great idea was it to put that big stack of loudspeakers directly high behind the CBS halftime show? Because that was one of the best halftime shows that I've ever seen. For those of you who might have missed it during the AFC title game between the Bengals and Kansas City Chiefs, the halftime show with JB, Coach Cower, Phil Sims, Nate Burleson, and Boomer was completely drowned out by the cowpoke, country-flavored, product-placement-heavy music of Walker Hayes. And to make sure that every one of the 71,451 fans at Arrowhead Stadium could hear him singing about Applebee's and other great disappointments, they placed the loudspeaker directly behind the CBS set, making it impossible to hear anything that was coming out of anybody's mouth. Even Boomer Esiason commented about Nate Burleson's commentary by saying, I have no idea what you just said. And having watched those guys all season long, that was the most informative halftime show they've done all year. It's almost a shame they couldn't find a way to drown out Tony Romo, too, because I would have paid good money to see that happen. It's even a bigger shame that they couldn't find a way to drown out Terry Bradshaw a few hours later on Fox. Listen, as a professional broadcaster, I must tell you that the very first thing they tell you in broadcast school is to step away from where all the noise is. And if your comments are being drowned out by, of all things, horrible country music, grab your microphone and move. Because as long as that crappy song is playing, it ain't going to get any better. But hey, the Mama Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Snow, ice, Rockies, before and after every storm, get all the stuff you need, an ice scraper, a snowblower, ice melt, a roof rake. You'll find all that stuff to help you through the storm at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back, so that's my view from the couch. To Springfield's Classic Rock at 611. And Led Zeppelin to Rock 102. Mostly sunny today and tomorrow. High of 29 today. 36 tomorrow. It's negative 3 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen will be joining us next hour. There's loads of football to talk with Cohen about. Loads of football. Lots of loads. Um, So the snow, the big blizzard over the weekend, were you blown away? We got about a good uh, 8 or 9 inches in my, uh, in my town of Hamden. Yeah, we only got about... Uh, I would say maybe six inches out in the hills. I didn't. Well, maybe you might have got more up on top of the hill, but I'm on the on the bottom of the hill, so yeah. we didn't really get as much. Good deal of Springfield only got uh, four inches. It was hardly yeah. the bomb cyclone I think we were expecting. However, in the eastern part of the state, you know where most of my family is at, yeah, they got like around uh, two feet of snow, and some uh, some places are reporting as much as thirty inches. Yeah, I heard uh, that that out east was the hardest hit area yeah. of now, the Bay State. But like I said, I you know, my whole family is 
is basically over there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean this to sound as insensitive as it's going to appear, but I'm, I'm much happier that they got it rather than us. Is that wrong to say? No, that's not wrong to say at all. Uh, in fact, uh, I wish we had been prepared more to not be so scared of what was going to be happening on Saturday. Well, we had Dave Hayes, the weather, weather nut here on uh, on Friday. I know, and everybody was like, well, this could be a potential, you know, a kill storm. And then the kill storm wasn't really a kill storm at all. No. And there was no wind. I didn't really, there was a little wind in like, the morning. I can think of like three gusts of wind, but I don't think any of them got up to like the 45 miles an hour that they were expecting. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was definitely a plowable event, as they like to call it. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I, and I wound up having a friend of mine come over and clear the driveway for me because that uh, that tractor wasn't doing it, you know, with the broken uh, yeah the right broken snowblower on it. See, that's so, one of the bad things about having a really long driveway yeah. is that if uh, yeah. if because you're not going to shovel it no, no under there's, any circumstances. There's no way I'm shoveling that. I had uh, a friend uh, in high school. Actually, he, he and I were really good friends. Uh-huh. His parents lived on a farm. Yeah, and their driveway, and this is really not an exaggeration. It really was a quarter mile long. Yeah, and in order for them to get out, you know, they had to plow like several times throughout a major storm. Yeah, and they had it. And all I thought could think of is, why do you live this way? Why, why would you have a quarter mile long driveway to My- be away from the rest of the townspeople? Yeah, but they were but because they lived in a farm. The nearest yeah. house was almost a half mile away from them. They oh, couldn't be more isolated. Whereas, yeah. whereas my family, my parents did the smart thing. Yeah, you know, we had a fairly long driveway, nowhere near a quarter of a mile, but we yeah. parked at the bottom of the driveway. Yeah, because we didn't have a garage and we always parked uh, outside. And that way, if it's at the bottom of the driveway, all you have to do is trudge through the big long driveway in the snow and then get your car, and get out, no problem. Did you have a giant hill in your driveway? We did. Yeah. So that met, that helps big time when you're, sure. when you're parking at the bottom. Absolutely. I used to live with the, at least live with a bunch of guys over in East Longmeadow here, and it was uh, I was the only one that had four wheel drive in the entire house, so that was very annoying. I bet it was because I would get up in the morning and I lived with this doctor who had a BMW that couldn't make it up the driveway. Really? His overpriced BMW wasn't good in the snow? Yeah. So then, like, uh, you know, I would never know when he was coming home. Right. So if I got to get up at, uh, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning to come here, he'd, you know, he might be, he might have strolled home at, like, 2 a.m. from the important surgery he was doing. Right. And then leaving the car at the bottom of the driveway. But yet you had an important radio show to attend So then to. I had to go wake him up and get his keys to move said BMW out of the driveway so I could get out. It was a big pain in the ass. What it was a, like that's musical cars all the time. That's terrible. Well, you had uh, four adults, four grown men living in the same house. Yeah. And uh, I seemed to be the only one that had the manly four-wheel drive on my vehicle. Go figure that. Everybody else was like, oh, yeah. I'll just take my little front-wheel drive. And yet, I'm sure the doctor yeah. felt like, uh, you know, somewhat entitled because he had a BMW yeah. and, and a, he was a doctor. Yes, because he was more important than the rest of us. Yeah, of course house. he was more yeah. important than the rest yeah. of you. Even the nurse practitioner who owned the house. It was almost like, because they worked together. <laughs> right. You know, and then it was it was almost like the, the, uh, the employee uh, subordinate relationship <laughs> at home as well. <laughs> You know, um, I, I swear to God, I, I I must be like the luckiest son of a bitch I yeah. know because 
in all the time that I've been doing this this mm-hmm. show, so now it's it's going on almost twenty seven years now. Yeah, I have never gotten I have never gotten stuck in the snow, other than here in the at the radio station. That was the only time I ever got stuck was when I was in the parking lot. Yeah, I and never, it snowed while we were here. I never got stuck in the snow uh, ever. Like I don't remember ever getting stuck in the snow. Right, but you know, sometimes when it snows and yeah. and we leave for work, yeah, sometimes the streets haven't even been plowed yet. Right, it all depends on you know where you're at and how bad the storm is. Did you have four wheel drive on this vehicle that you got stuck in? At the time, I did not. See, that's I had the deal. A, a, a I had a, a Toyota Corolla, which is a good sturdy car, but it was pretty clear to me I needed to. Uh, you know, bump that up a notch. Yeah, the Toyota Corolla is not known for its prowess in the snow. No, it's good. In the, it, it's fine in the snow. Yeah. What it's bad at is getting over giant drifts of snow. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, you can uh, most cars you can drive in the snow in. It's, yeah. It's maybe the rear wheel drive. Uh, maybe that you'd have a little problem with well, that. It, there's a it, there's a front wheel drive car, yeah. and, and you th- but, thought that it would have been fine. The problem is when the snow got so high, it got. Higher that, than the than the, see, than the tires were. That's the problem. I always uh, get a kick out of these guys who uh, lower their pickup trucks all the way down to the ground. Right, like the low rider pickup truck. I remember uh, I remember seeing some kid do that in high school years ago, and he, oh yeah, he got a little Chevy S10 mm-hmm. that was lowered to the ground, and he had all this uh, like souped up crap on it, you know, to make it look like it's a show car. Right, and then like. He decides I'm gonna go out in a big snowstorm because you know. Well, he doesn't even make it a foot out of the driveway, and then the car is stuck in the middle of the road. Has to call a tow truck to get the thing out because the thing is just. It's it's basically you're using your front end as a plow right. when it's not meant to be that way. I'm uh, being reminded by my wife that in fact I did get snuck in the in the snow uh-huh. uh, when we were living in Springfield, and uh, and I. Uh, <clears throat> I came into the house all angry and indignant mm-hmm. and everything, and yeah. I, yeah, I woke her up at like uh, four o'clock in the morning, and yeah. she helped. Uh, she helped me get out of the snow. I forgot about that, so my apologies Should to her. She be doing this job, and not you. Yeah, I can make the argument. She probably yeah. do a hell of a lot better probably, job than me. Probably could. But her job is a pretty good one, so yeah. I think we're all. I think we're all good. But uh, yeah, no. That was the only other time in 20s. Yeah. I mean, even even if that's just the only time, it's a yeah. pretty good ratio. Uh, you know, the kids had a good time. They they were uh, sledding down the hills, and you know, yeah, yeah. having a good old time. And- you know, we got hills in the backyard, and every every time it snows, and they get, well, it would be great if I were young enough or or uh, agile enough to handle yeah. walking up a hill to go down on a sled. I also uh, have seen uh, there's like an increased deer population in my yard lately. Oh yeah, they're out there. Yeah, they're. But it's funny how like I don't like I think they've always been there, but maybe I'm just noticing them now. Mm-hmm. You know, like no, like paying attention to the surroundings of the house because I, w- I woke up Saturday morning. I go downstairs in my kitchen. I can look out to the side of my house uh, towards the barn, and I see. I saw. I thought I was losing it. I see something moving. Right. Sure. And I look. It's this big old buck. No kidding. Yeah. Eating. Eating a tree. No kidding. Yeah. You, you grab your shotgun and blast it away for the venison? No, I'm not going to do that. I don't have a hunting license. That's too bad. Uh, but uh, but now I know who's been eating my apple trees. The whole the herd, the whole herd of them. They were down there uh, in the field eating them. Can I just uh, take a, a brief second here mm-hmm. to also because uh, you know I just mentioned my wife helped me uh, out of the snow. Uh-huh. 
and also acknowledge the fact that, you know, because of all the many physical ailments that I've been going through since October. Right. You know, the AFib, the the, the B-fib. The, the B-fib, the mashed up knees, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to, uh, in order for us to weather the storm properly, we needed to take our snowblower out from the shed in the backyard, which sits on top of a hill. Yeah, the infamous snowblower that never gets used. Well, it did get used, and the only reason it got used is because uh, my wife, who was uh, very agile, very athletic, uh, was able to bring it down the hill by herself while I stood there and watched. Really? Yes. Good she for has, you. She has no problem with her knees, and uh, you know it didn't have any gas in it, so she couldn't she couldn't start uh, it. And there's no electricity up there to use the electric start. Chivalry is alive yeah. and well at the Baxendale home, isn't it? Stood there yeah. and, and watched her move this 300, 400 pound uh, piece of machinery down yeah. a hill. Well, oh, good for her. Yeah. Good for her, and, and you watch. And some would say even good for me, although yeah, to me, I'm just you know loaded did, with gratitude that you, she was able to do it and was strong enough to handle it. Yeah. Did you uh, did you have any part in handling the snowblower then in its operation? Well, so it's like this: mm-hmm. uh, she, I, I uh, snowblow the driveway earlier in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, we went back out yesterday, and she said, "Hey, why don't you show me how to use this thing?" So I, I showed her how to do it, and then. Uh, she finished the driveway yesterday. All right, because uh, oh, oh, look at that! Look at that little whippersnapper. She's got this whole thing all by herself. She doesn't need my help. Right. Look at her. Look at her go. Right. Right. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. You know, what's that? That old saying that if you teach someone to fish, you you're feeding them for a lifetime. Uh, you teach someone to fish, you feed them for a day. Uh, oh, you know, if you fish for somebody, you feed them for a day. A penny saved is worth two in the bush. Yeah, uh, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Well, that's that's kind of you know my my uh, my thought process on this. It's a it's a good thing for her to to learn, uh, especially while my you know my knee was in in great pain, throbbing, horrible pain. Are, are you just training her for the elder years? Well, when we get to the point where we're talking about diapering, then yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. Might wanna, we might we ha- might have yeah. to have a, a more deep yeah. discussion. Uh, uh, we're just learning how to do the uh, the snow blowing right now. Baby yes. steps, sweetie. But baby steps. But what I'm saying is, uh, you know, she's she's quite capable and very powerful. Well, you're a lucky man. Well, you're damn right about that. Yeah. Ain't no doubt about it. Do do you do you like stand at the front door with like a big bag of uh, like like. Uh, like like chips or something, and just feeding your mouth and going, "Hey, you missed a spot over here. Is <laughs> oh, a little chunk of ice here? No, no, I, I, I'm gonna slip on that. I didn't think that would be appropriate. I used a, a bag of cashews instead. Oh yeah, well yeah. that's always nice to. Well, you gotta have you gotta have something to keep you entertained while you're watching <laughs> well, all this work being done. Absolutely. Right? Besides, hurry up. We got football to watch. It's six twenty three at Rock one hundred two. college not for you? Well, maybe you're cut out for Savage U. Savage Arms believes in promoting and training the team members they need. For example, Savage is training their qualified full-time assemblers and machine operators as CNC machinists. If that sounds like the kind of innovative, creative, problem-solving team you'd like to be part of, go to savagearms.com careers and apply today. If college isn't for you, start working at a career that could train you for that next big step. Go to savagearms.com careers now. 
Give us 11 minutes. We'll get you ready for tomorrow. 11 nonstop minutes of frigging local and national news. 11 nonstop minutes getting you your forecast and critical alerts. 11 nonstop minutes of getting answers. 11 at 11. On ABC 40. Watch and win on 11 at 11. Starting Thursday, look for the nightly keyword. Then go to the Western Mass News app and tap Watch and Win to enter. You can win a $250 Visa gift card. Weeknights on Western Mass News, 11 at 11. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. It's 625 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly Sunday today with a high of 29. More of the same for tomorrow with a high of 36. However, it's only negative 2 right now in downtown Springfield. Is it, is it me? Is it actually getting colder? It's... Uh, I don't, it's weird. It's weird how the temperature changes from one location to another. Right. When I got in the car this morning, it was negative one. Then by the time I got to Westfield, it was like five. And then when I got back down to like Springfield, it mm-hmm. was like negative two again. Yeah, it's uh, all it's all over the place. <laughs> it shows you the inconsistency of weather. Yeah. I wish yeah. if we only had somebody that knew what they were talking about. Uh, we we don't on, on any number of topics. In the meantime, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai. Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. So after uh, Friday, I see this uh, this homeless guy asking for money. Yeah. And I had, uh, had 20 bucks in my pocket. But then I'm thinking, I don't want this to go to weed and booze, right? <laughs> yes. So I gave the homeless guy the money. Ah! Because ah! I mean, you're weed me booze. that was buying all that. Your stuff weed and, and booze. Yeah. See. <laughs> Booyah! Six twenty-nine with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Serviu Locksmith. They got a key for that. St. James Avenue in Springfield. Our Serviu Locksmith. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. Three people have been displaced after a fire was extinguished in Springfield. According to the fire department, it started around 4.30 a.m. Sunday on Monroe Street. Fire crews were able to distinguish the fire. However, all companies were needed to do so. While the cause of the fire has not yet been released, the Springfield Fire Department has said the cause is being investigated. The department has reported that the Red Cross is assisting those affected by the incident. Uh, several fire departments worked to put out a fire in South Deerfield over the weekend. According to the South Deerfield fire, at around 3.30 a.m., crews were called to a fire on Grave Street. The sm- fire and smoke was located in the attic of the home, and the fire was contained to spreading to the lower floors. Uh, the preliminary investigation indicates the cause was due to electrical wiring. And the following, uh, well, 
they list all the people that helped out, and there's quite a few. Like all like, the, like all the uh, like one, individuals two, three, four, that helped five, out. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different uh, organizations helped wow. out with this fire. So you got to think um, that's a pretty big one. Yes, I think once you've called ten in, that's uh, that says that uh, the other nine they couldn't do it themselves. Mm. Uh, authorities say dozens of handguns and shotguns were among items stolen by thieves who raided cargo containers aboard trains near downtown Los Angeles for months. The L.A. Times police uh, reports police arrested three people last summer carrying new 22 caliber handguns. A trace of the weapons revealed they came from a batch of 36 guns reported missing as they were being shipped by train to Tennessee. Police say shotguns were also stolen, but it's unclear how many. The cargo thefts gained national attention earlier this month after local TV stations showed images of thousands of discarded boxes from stolen packages blanketing the tracks. Thieves had been raiding cargo containers aboard trains nearing downtown for months. Don't uh, train robberies, I mean, didn't that kind of go out with like the 1870s? Well, here's the thing. There's nobody on the actual train anymore. You're talking about, like, the old passenger trains where somebody would get on and start robbing everybody on the train. And start running on the top of the uh, the train cars. Yeah, yeah, and getting away and jumping off just before they hit the tunnel. Yeah, right. They would get knocked off. Uh, yeah, that, that went out long ago. What, what happens now is it's mostly cargo trains that obviously have no people. There's no security guard. These things are, like, they can be up to a mile long, even longer. Yeah, right. Um, with all these uh, cars put together. And it's not just, like, it's the it's the container cars. They have those double-stack things. They're tractor trailers. Right. And they basically, they come in two pieces. One's, like, the tandem, and one's the, the actual box. Right. So then they ship those stacked on top of each other, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Years ago, they, they were really pushing more of the, the trailers, like an actual trailer, like, into, right. like, some sort of fifth wheel on the train. But I think they've kind of phase those out more to the container things because you can ship more by sh- sh- uh, shipping them double. Uh, people would come into the rail yard and break into those things. And it was a crapshoot. You never knew what was inside of well, them. Well, that's what I was just thinking. It's like, how do you know you like, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a, like a like a gun seller, how do you yeah. know you're getting into the uh, into the gun car? There, there was, uh, like over in, in, in West Springfield, they would uh, there was a... There was a group of people that would send kids in, like teenagers in. Mm-hmm. The teenagers would break into the rail cars. Because if the teenagers got caught, then the only thing, it would be like almost like a misdemeanor kind of kind of charge for them because they're juvenile. Sure. But if an adult was caught, it's interstate commerce. You're talking about like now it's federal offense and federal crimes and, and things felony. like that. Yeah. So what they would do is they'd send these kids into the rail cars. And you always knew it was random because some of them would be opened and inside would be like mulch. For Home Depot, like like you never knew what was going on inside of these things, but every once in a while you'd come across a TVs, a booze, you know things like that. So and how do they? So how do they do this? I mean, do they they just you know open the door and toss them out on the ground. Let me tell you how easy it is to do this. Uh, you could just walk into a rail yard with a pair of bolt cutters, go up to the back of a trailer, pop the bolt off, All right. open the trailer, and start taking out whatever's in there. Should we try it? No, we shouldn't try it. Why not? Because you would get arrested. You've got kids. I got kids. Yeah, I don't need have to have our kids to jail. do it. No, no, no. Steve, you said it yourself. It's a misdemeanor. Yeah. It's not a big. It's no big whoop. But you and I could be walking out of oh, there with a big the, stack of TVs. Send, send the kids in and do this. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not going to do it myself. Oh. 
Steve, I couldn't even yeah. bring a snowblower down from a from a shed. You think I'm gonna yeah. be able to, you know, hop aboard train cars and steal TVs? One time, uh, this was this was a, like lucky for the people who ordered these uh, toys. There was a couple out of Bloomfield, right, who ordered a bunch of sex toys from Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and uh, we would have to go. This was my favorite part of the job. We would have to take a camera and go take pictures of the damage. Now, this was going all the way back to 2003, where the digital camera was about the size of a, uh, an Etch-A-Sketch. Sure. You know, the big giant thing where you put their actual floppy disk in the machine <laughs> to, to be a... Right. That was like the top digital camera of the day. And we would have to go make a report. When you'd see something broken into, you'd have to go... Well, there was like a UPS trailer that was broken into, and all these packages were strewn everywhere, and... Things were ripped open. Probably dented Benoit yeah. balls as and far it, as the eye could see. And then, uh, so I made it a point. I made it a, a, a huge point to make sure that the big dildos that were in the box with the people's name on the, uh, <laughs> the but, shipping label, on the shipping label, <laughs> like, oh, uh, uh, Ted, Ted and, and Sandra uh, won't be getting their uh, their dildos this uh, this week. Dolores Johnson is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I, I took all the pictures and I like sent them to corporate. But like if that happened now, like that thing would be all over the internet by now. It would be uh, viral. It'd be on Reddit. Yeah, it would actually. Yeah, it would have absolutely be on Reddit. You know, I, I've always wondered how train robberies happen these days. You give me a great deal of insight, Steve, and some ideas. It's very easy to do. Because I was part of that whole, uh, you know, after 9-11, they really started cracking down, supposedly, on the security. Right. Nobody was cracking down on the security. Weren't they, they supposed had... to be going through every <clears throat> container? Yeah. There's, there's Look at no... all these shipping uh, yards and stuff? There is no way they can do that. There are only a handful of term. This was at the time, anyway. There was only a handful of terminals at the time that had any kind of, like, and it was major ones, like Chicago right. and... And uh, New Jersey and all these major ports that had these, you know, they, they could it could test it could smell if it had some kind of explosives in it or something. Well, I remember having a conversation about this because, and we talked about the one in New yeah. Jersey, the one in Elizabeth, New Jersey, next yeah. to the uh, that big giant IKEA that's down there. Yeah, it, it it seemed impossible to me that you could have enough people and enough hours in the day to go through all of those shipping. I mean, they're stacked yeah. up on top of each other like. You know, twenty containers high. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's you know, it's this huge, huge. Yeah, you know, operation. Yeah, yeah. operation. Yeah. Now, I've never figured out how. Well, how are you gonna, how are you gonna open up every single one of them and snoop around to see if there's any sort of uh, terror well, again, cell living inside it, or explosives? It, it's usually when they go into these, you know, rail yards and things like that, where it's easy, they're easily accessible. Right. And that's why you'll see the the rail yards back the trailers up next to each other. So you can't do that. So you can't open the door on them. But you know, as far as the security goes, it's v- it would be very easy for somebody to commit some sort of terrorist attack by going into one of any one of these places across the country that don't have the security like they do in these major ports. Well, I find that very uh, encouraging, Steve. Thank you. It's very unnerving, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, maybe a lot of it. Uh, Union Pacific said in a statement uh, that the railroad was concerned about the increased cargo thefts in California. We have increased the number of Union Pacific special agents on patrol, and we have utilized and explored additional technologies to help us combat this criminal uh, activity. Years ago, they used there was a paper company here in Massachusetts that used to make uh, money paper, paper for the money. Sure. They would follow that thing like a hawk. Like, there, there would be, like, 
federal agents following that along in their vehicles at different points along the way. Because they didn't want counterfeiters to get their hands on it? Exactly. There you go. So why wouldn't you do that with a trailer full of guns? Good point. Good point. Knowing me, though, I'd be the guy that, that, you know, cracks into the the mulch car. So all I got is a few metric tons of mulch. Well, that's we used to laugh when uh, when we'd open those things, and it would be like something stupid. Right. Like, uh-huh, you got the you got the load for Dollar General with all the cleaning <laughs> supplies in it. Like, all right, but their house will be forever spotless. One time there was a uh, there was a uh, uh, this they, the company would send out these like uh, APBs for trailers. Like they'd be missing entire loads of of trailers, <laughs> and one was an entire load of uh of maxi pads and tampons that was completely missing right right and then they wound up finding the trailer like in a parking lot in new jersey somewhere completely empty so we were always speculating like yeah for for years after that in like chinatown in new york city you'd see some guy on the stern train in the trench go i got wings i got no wings i got (laughs) what you want i got it right here you can have it And they ain't counterfeit either. Those are the real deal. <laughs> yeah, those weren't just made in some third world sweatshop country. This is this is the real good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Not quite out of the woods yet. Governor Baker predicts storm cleanup to last all the way into Tuesday, as more than a hundred thousand people lost power in this nor'easter. Saturday's major storm uh, hit. The state, as forecast predicted it would, bringing blizzard conditions and snowfall up to two feet in some areas, mostly out east. We didn't get anything like that. No, not even close. Uh, Coastal flooding and more than 100,000 power outages. It was uh, quite the scene out uh, on the Cape. Governor Charlie Baker said Saturday in a news conference, a long day of cleanup is ahead as the storm is expected to last. Well, this was from Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the, the storm is over. It's not expected to go on. Well, are they still having issues? Or well, I mean, they're, they're still digging things out. Yeah, this whole thing about, you know, updating stories. This is on the front page. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's still valid. I mean, they're still digging out some streets, some towns. Uh, you know, there's been uh, very little plowing. Did you go to the uh, railroad hobby show at the Big E yesterday? You're going to find this uh, very surprising, Steve, but no. I really? did not. No, no. I mean, we left. We uh, we had breakfast yesterday. Yeah, we went to a CVS. We went home. That yeah. was our day. The familiar sounds of model railroading filled no fewer than the exhibition halls of four buildings on the Eastern States Exposition Grounds Sunday. The 54th annual Amherst Railway Society Hobby Show attracted model railroading enthusiasts from throughout the area. There were hundreds of displays to dazzle even the most finicky enthusiast. How many? Uh, I mean, I, this. Yeah, we uh, we we kid, but actually, this is a very popular event. Gets uh, a, gets like you know ten thousand people in there every single year. Yeah, this is like the Comic Con of the uh, train shows. That's right. You know, this thing goes all different uh, exhibition halls throughout the country, and this was no exception. A year ago, COVID nineteen concerns forced the hobby show to slow down into virtual mode. 
But this year, the Railway Society was determined to get the classic display back on track. <laughs> get it? Not track. <laughs> Some of the modeling railroading offered a uh, tip uh, of the hat to the stormy conditions that chilled New Englanders this past weekend. Mm. The beautifully crafted miniature backdrops, train stations, and towns are a result of artisans from all over New England. Artisans. No, artisans. I believe it's pronounced artisans. You tell that to the place, uh, to the grocery store, who calls it artesian bread. I believe uh, that would be appropriate if you had an artesian well, but this is uh, this would be no, different. No, 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 no. See, that's an artisan well. No, that's no. the well that all the hipsters are using. No, the artisan well. That is not true. I don't know about that. I think you might want to get your facts straight, Banks. Okay, I just know that uh, artesian mm. is different from artisan. It just it just they look similar, but they are pronounced differently, and they mean very different things. It's like cash and cachet. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, one man is dead and two other people injured after a wrong way crash on I ninety three in Boston Saturday morning. The Mass State Police said troopers responded to a report of a crash in the northbound lanes of I ninety three just after Columbia Road at about two thirty a.m and found four vehicles had been involved. Preliminary investigation uh, indicates the SUV entered the highway going the wrong way and was traveling southbound in the north lanes. That's not the right way to drive, by the way. I don't no, know. actually, that's an inappropriate way to drive. The SUV initially struck two northbound vehicles, injuring two drivers, then continued on and struck a pickup truck. The driver of that vehicle was not injured. The wrong way SUV came to arrest in the travel lane on the highway. The driver, an adult male, was pronounced dead at the scene. You know, I uh, I actually went out Saturday morning because it wasn't that bad. Right. And uh, I had things to do, and I, I went down into Westfield. Now, the Route 20 was pretty much cleared, except when you get to Westfield. For some reason, they forget the... <laughs> like, it, you can tell where the mass highway changes over to the DPW in that town. Right. But anyway, uh, so I'm driving down uh, Route 20 in the Russell area towards Westfield, and, then, and the road's fairly clear. And then I come upon this, there was a uh, state trooper there already with a tow truck. This guy had flipped his SUV. I'm like, How fast was he going? That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, you know what? You were driving way too fast because, you know, the top speed on this road right now is probably 35, 40 miles an hour. With the because it was clear, mm -hmm. but it was still kind of slushy. Like you wouldn't want to push it too right. much. Well, you know how some uh, there are some dudes uh, out there that think because they got like a four wheel drive yeah. vehicle that they can they can drive like they would normally do when the conditions are optimal. Right, but well, you you can't even even with a four wheel drive vehicle, even with snow tires on, you're still gonna drive you know reasonably. The guy must have been flying in order to, to flip his car over. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you're not uh you're not made of uh steel. You know no. what I mean? Like you you're 10 feet, you're not 10 feet tall and bulletproof just cuz you have four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive just helps you with better traction on the snow. Yeah, you can still uh, you slip on ice. You're done. Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh I'm just trying to think of the uh the kicker I want to leave you with. I'm sure you'll choose wisely. A 31-year-old man in Germany ended up in the hospital after he played a virtual reality video game too much and broke his neck. So what did he do? He showed up at the hospital with a sharp pain in his shoulder, but it was caused by a fracture in his C7 vertebra. You know that one. Yeah, Makes right. Makes a C6 look like a uh, yeah, right. coccyx. What? Right? Yeah. 
Can you say that? Coccyx? <clears throat> I don't know. Is that how you say it? Yes, that is how you say it. Which but it just, it just, you know, it makes everybody uncomfortable to hear it. Anyway, the C7 vertebra is at the end, is at the base of your neck. It's easy to trip and fall when you're wearing a virtual reality headset, but that's not what happened. It turned out he had a stress fracture from doing a repeated motion too much. He told them he played video games for up to four hours a day. Really? What kind of repeated motion are you doing? Uh, apparently, uh, employment would not be the repeated emotion. They didn't say what game he was playing, but his injury resembled something called clay shoveler's fracture that clay miners used to get from shoveling dirt and throwing it over the sh their shoulders all day. He had to wear a neck brace to support his neck for six weeks until the bone healed, but he made a full recovery after three months. They think it's the first reported case of a stress fracture caused by a virtual reality video game. You know, it must have to be one hell of a game to waste four hours at a time on. I'm telling you, man, this uh, there are people who will sit all day long. Mm -hmm. And I live with a guy who he played. He played. It was like 12 hours a day. He would play this World of Warcraft game. And then he got a headset, and then he was telling people, hey, meet me in Zeppelin to get the jewels. You know, like, and I'm like, what are you doing there, pal? What are you? <laughs> and he wouldn't get up, and he would, uh, you know, he, he'd, he'd eat his dinner at the computer. Yeah. And he would sit there, and he would uh, play this game all day long. I, I just, ne I never understood that part of it. You see, I got a limit. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't even think I could do something that feels good for four straight hours no. or twelve hours. Even uh, games on my phone, I play games on. I have, uh, but I change them every few months or so. Well, I, I have the same games, but I won't play one for hours at a time. I'll get bored and play something else, well, or, or or you know, go on something else on the phone. And that's the thing. When I was sick at home, I was playing this bowling game. But I could only play it for like maybe 20 minutes at a time, and then I'd have to put it down and then come back to it at another time. I couldn't right. just keep doing it like that. But people get so addicted to these things that, and, and they, they say this virtual reality thing, as technology advances, there's going to be a day where we don't understand where's reality versus what's virtual. Steve, it's like you just blew my mind. Well, it's true. No, I know, but uh, you, all you have to do is take the headset off, and you know that you're probably not playing the game anymore. Uh, or are you? Or That's what I'm saying. That's like that uh, Ready Player One game from Steven Spielberg. Oh, yes. That's you're where he right. gets yes. it. You know, it's the futuristic thing, and everybody's in this virtual <sighs> reality thing. and It's kind of scary to think well, about that dystopia. I do hope that if people are, <laughs> are finding themselves playing the same game over and over again, and it's causing uh, you know problems that you put the wordle down for a while and try to you know come back out for life. Okay, thank you for bringing that up. What the hell is that? Wordle? Yeah. It is a game that you play online. Yeah. And it's a word game. Yeah. And what you do is you got to uh you you pick any word. Okay, they have like like a like a five letter word. Yeah. And uh, your first word, if you have any letters in the word that it's looking for, it'll it'll the the, the square will show up uh, green to tell you yes, that's exactly the right letter in the right position. If it's in the wrong position, then it'll be yellow. But everything else is would be wrong. So you have a certain number of tries to figure out the word it's looking for. Gotcha. And all of a sudden, people are going ballistic over this game. I played it for like. 
uh, like five minutes, cracked it right away, and then said, "This is stupid." Well, I just uh, I've seen like a I've this best friend of mine from from high school uh, that's on Facebook, but I never hear from. Him. Like he doesn't he doesn't he's not one of these guys that goes on Facebook, right? And all of a sudden, within the last week, I'm keep getting notifications that he's posting things. And uh, it's all his Wordle he scores. He posted a new photo, and it, all of it is is just Wordle levels, whatever the hell, Wordle level this, Wordle level that. Yeah, now nah, I'm not listening. Very annoying. It's 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 not that great of a game. It's really uh, not. Better games out there, and you, you never post your own scores. Although I did just for out of laughs. Yes, yeah, I'm not gonna. I did one, that. and I was done. That it's was like, it. Remember Mafia Wars? Those are the days. <laughs> that was Farm too wrapped Hills. up in Farmville. Yeah. Yeah, all that's <laughs> between that and my super pokes. I think my mafia went and kicked your Farmville's ass. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they you woke up with a with a virtual cow head well, in your bed. Well, they were shaking me. <laughs> they were shaking me down for protection money. <laughs> your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of twenty nine. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of thirty six. It's a lovely negative two in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock one hundred two. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 656 and John Lennon on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 29. More of the same for tomorrow and a high of 36. It's negative 2 right now in downtown Springfield. I didn't uh, see the CBS halftime show yesterday. I mentioned it in my view from the couch. I actually have uh, uh, some audio of, uh, of what happened. So basically, a bunch of uh, speakers were literally put behind the guys on the set of the CBS halftime show. So, you know, JB and Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason and, you know, Coach Cower and all that, they couldn't hear each other mm-hmm. and they couldn't be heard on television because the background music that was being played was uh, was way too loud. Get a load of this. The halftime report, the official five-seat network of the NFL for This went on the entire thing to the point at some point Boomer Esiason says, I don't even know what you just said. Wait a minute. Who's talking? That was James Brown. That was JB talking. Yeah. And the back and the the speakers were literally like right behind them and completely drowned out the entire thing. So why didn't they just let the show play versus talking more? Because... like I don't know. I don't like, know why. Stop talking. Like just let it go. Like if you, obviously, this because because they, they're getting paid to give you analysis of what just happened in the first half, and rather than either just move everybody out of the way of the speakers, which would have been the smart thing to do, they let this thing play out for the entire halftime show. It was ridiculous. I like. Uh, here's some people on Twitter. Thank you, Arrowhead, for drowning out Phil Sims. <laughs> Not sure if I ever heard a halftime of such huge broadcast with this kind of issue getting totally drowned out by the musical act. Uh, I think this halftime show is really good. That was another one. <laughs> Can we get the music in Arrowhead a little louder over the halftime report? You know, and it's all these people just, uh, you know, commenting on it. This halftime show is like when you're on the phone and somehow your music continues playing while you're talking. <laughs> that happened to me over the weekend. I'm, I, I'm talking to my sister on the phone, but I had been watching some videos on uh, on Reddit. Right. Like the public freakout videos. And in the middle of the conversation, all of a sudden, the, the, you can hear the audio of the video. I had that problem with the, yeah. with, with podcast. I'd be in the middle of a phone, a phone call, and all of a sudden, a podcast would start. And you don't know how to shut it off. But the other person can't hear it. Well, when you're on Bluetooth and they're hearing the speaker in the background, they well, hear this weird echoey, echoey thing. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was that was 
It was absolutely hilarious. Well, I guess you learn your lesson sometimes of how to not do a broadcast. Scott Cohen coming up in just a few minutes at 6.58. Oh, that was the lesson we should have learned a long time ago. <laughs> but here Rock- we are doing it again. <laughs> on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blue with the King of Snow. Get an errands at Rockies. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, I don't know if you heard the news this weekend or not, but it's official. Tom Brady's retirement is not yet officially official. At least that's according to officials. What you may have heard this weekend is a number of reports citing sources that were neither Tom Brady or anyone else from his family. What you did hear was that unnamed insiders were anonymously saying that Tom Brady was done. What you didn't hear was Tom Brady saying it himself. In fact, what you did hear was Tom Brady's dad saying that Tom has not yet made a decision. Now, is Tom Brady going to retire? Of course he is. Is he taking his sweet-ass time and announcing his impending retirement? Absolutely. Why? Well, it's like this. If you took a look at Tom Brady's contract, and I assume that most of you have, Tom Brady is in the final extension year of what had been a two-year contract. In that... It's 7-11. We're back some Nagel on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 29. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 32. Mm. It is negative 2 in downtown Springfield. Oh, what a joy and a delight to always welcome oh, God, Scott joy. Cohen go. back into the studio. It's good to see you, Scotty. It's uh, Baxi. It's good to see you, and I can already see over my shoulder. Uh, Chuckles is scheming again. It's, uh, it's, it's <clears throat> seeing you. I, I wouldn't say it's good to see you. I just said it's seeing. It's, That's, that is that yeah. is so true. It's true. Uh, all right, where do we start? Well, let's uh, let's start. Uh, well, first of all, let's start with the the games from yesterday. Joe Burrow. I don't care what anybody says. That dude is a beast, and he's just two weeks away from winning a Super Bowl. I don't think the Rams have got any shot. I think Joe Burrow is among those elite quarterbacks that we've been seeing in the, in the you know in the last two years. Thought he was fantastic yesterday. Do you remember me saying that last week? Yep, and I'm and I'm on the uh, I'm on the, the the bandwagon. Yeah, that guy. He is. Um, there's just there's something about him. He's got you know he's second year in the league. Um, and I guess I read a buddy of mine who does. Uh, remember Mike Leslie used to do sports at Channel Forty. I do. Towards the end, he's yeah. he's down in in Dallas now, killing it. And uh, he made a good point. Burrow is going to be the first quarterback. First quarterback. To win the Heisman Trophy, a national championship, and a Super Bowl championship if he wins in a couple of weeks. And that's in two years in the NFL. He's the heart and soul of that team. He's got the, he's got just he's got all the talent in the world, all the ability. He's he's been a playmaker through the entire year, especially in the postseason, and he just has that it thing, that swagger, where you just know that that's the guy right there that I need to keep an eye on. Between him, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and even Mac Jones, I mean, these this is the it's the new breed, baby. It's the new breed. It goes back to when you had like uh, Elway and Dan Marino and Joe Montana all playing at the same time, and it's like you know you 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 see it's a the changing of the guard, and I, I look at the Super Bowl, and I'm thinking, you know, the Rams are good. They're a great team. They, you know, they beat San Francisco at, uh, you know, at, at uh, on the road. And but yet, I look at Burrow, and I say, there's something about this kid that says, if he's, if this isn't his time, it's the next time around. Yeah, and the thing about him is too, it's like he's. I, I mean, I don't know how. Um, I was just thinking, um, you know, uh, Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. So I mean, you know. 
Uh, and uh, and Pittsburgh's going to be getting themselves a new quarterback, and Ben Roethlisberger's the heart and soul of the Steelers. I don't know how Pittsburgh fans and Cleveland fans feel about Joe Burrow. They probably hate him. But, I mean, of all the quarterbacks, you know, uh, Josh Allen, we don't like him because he's in the Patriots division. Uh, Pat Mahomes, we don't like him for – for uh, all the obvious reasons. And the thing with his brother and his girlfriend, I know. who, I, you know, it's like I'm not even thinking about, but that is pissing everybody off. <laughs> it's like there's nothing to dislike about Joe Burrow. I, he's the, that dude is the best, and I can't wait to see him play in the Super Bowl. There's really no words. I mean, uh, what started out as perhaps the best you first that? half playoff performance of Mahomes' career ended with the worst second half play yeah. of the quarterback yeah, as perhaps so ever shown. You know, in the first half, it was 21 points for Kansas City. Should have been more if not for a poorly executed play right before the end of the first half. Yeah, you're right about that. And from that. there, it all right, unraveled. Steve. The second time in the past month, the Chiefs only scored three points in the second half against Cincinnati. And overall, the yeah. offense averaged 5.8 yards per play. Can't argue is, with them. Which, no. is, which is impressive. It once is again, impressive. Once again, early he's on, crystallized the game yeah. eloquently. And then early on in the game, the offense was virtually unstoppable. And Mahomes threw for three touchdowns and no interceptions. Right, the right. opening 30 minutes, a team loss? Well, yeah, sure. Sure, but the offense should take the bulk of the blame. Steve, if I, if I may just stop you, yeah. interrupt you for just a, yeah. a, a thank, brief Thank you second. in advance. One of the uh, the best things I thought that happened, and Steve and I just talked about it real briefly, uh, I thought one of the best things that happened all weekend long was the CBS halftime show being drowned out by some god-awful country yeah. music song. I was just what? like, what it's, is that? It's Fancy Life from Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've been in broadcasting long enough, Steve and I certainly have, to know that you don't put loudspeakers right in, right behind your your, your network television halftime show. Buddy, why wasn't somebody from CBS out there with the scissors and clipping the friggin' cords? It's like, what was that all about? I was in Amy's up in East Hampton watching the game, and you know you're kind of watching it passively, but you could even just look and you go, "What? What is that? That doesn't. That doesn't. That sound doesn't make any sense, <laughs> dude. The biggest bonehead move in the world." Yeah, I love the the. the you know, Nate Burleson makes a comment, and God knows what he was saying. Right, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't and, hear it. And you know, Boomer Esias, who's sitting right next to the guy, says, "I literally have no, no idea, idea what you yeah. just said. No idea what you it just was, said." It was. Absolutely hilarious, and hey, we uh, we really should talk about uh, about the Tom Brady thing. Uh, it was announced over the weekend or Friday that uh, Brady was going to announce his retirement, and then it gets walked back a little bit yep. because nothing official has actually been released. Nope, and there's some timing issues in his current contract, which I think are really really interesting. Yep, uh, the, he's expected. Um, if Feb- February 4th is is a kick-in date for him where he is going to get $15 million of the $20 million contract that he signed, um, if he doesn't sign, if, if he retires, he doesn't get that money. But so, I mean, so we're talking about fifteen mil- a $15 million payday. Right. But, you know, you made the point when you and I were talking about it off the air. I'm not really sure how much uh, weight we should put into that because – 
he's got more money than God, and his wife has more money than he has. Yeah, he's so got a net worth of two hundred million, and Giselle's got four hundred million. He doesn't care. I thought the most um, I thought the most uh, succinct uh, quote that I saw was um, his agent um, was quoted in in a, in a couple of national reports, and he said that he was not going to address the accuracy or inaccuracy of the reports. He was just going to say that that when Tom Brady is ready to retire, Tom Brady is going to be the one who makes the announcement. And I think that's kind of where we are. Reports like that, you you know, 99.9% of the time don't come out unless they're true. And until Brady, Brady's not going to sit to say, oh, yeah, I retired. Adam Schefter just let you all know. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. When and Brady says I'm done, that's when he's done. And I should also point out that anyone's going to say, well, he's you know, sticking. He's not making his announcement you know, because of the money. That's already his money. Right. This is just deferred money. He had a $20 million signing bonus, which would have gone to him one way or another unless he bows out early. Well, you know, like you, you can't say he's doing it out of greed. This is money that he had negotiated. This was money up front that was deferred. So you know, to me, it's like there's going to be someone who's going to say it's all about the money for Tom Brady. I don't know. I don't believe that's I don't either. that's true. If it winds up taking an extra week for him to make that announcement, then it takes an extra week. Yep. You're still going to have plenty of time to be lauding this guy for the remainder of his life and deservedly so. Yep. Everybody's blaming it on uh, Yoko Bunchton. Yeah, uh, yeah, because she's the one out. who broke it up. Well, and you know the the funny thing about her is, it's like we actually had her to thank all those years because all of the of the deferred money and the hometown discount he gave the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, when your wife's a supermodel again, making more money than you are, it that you're not having to worry where your next meal's right. coming from. But I, but I would make the argument that we should be thanking her a second time because honestly, the longer he goes, the greater threat there is that. This decision to retire won't be his, and he won't be walking off on his own accord. Right. He'll have no other choice because he's either been hurt or you know severely in, you know injured with a brain injury or you know whatever it could be. It's better to see Tom Brady go off and say, "Hey, you know what? I've done everything I can possibly do. Now's the time to to go off gracefully," as opposed to you know one of these football players that literally has no other choice. And most fans don't think about, you know, the fact about think about his kids. I mean, you know, the three of us are our fathers. His kids, you know, your kids are only going to be, you know, 8, 9 and 10 once. And he he's he has done yeah, everything. Yeah, but not every kid gets a superstar dad. Too. No, but it's like I think that I think he's not, you know, he's re- he's not able to go to to football practices and this and that and the other thing. And Listen, he's he's missing out on that stuff. Alcoholic dad was made of lots and lots of money. I really wouldn't have a problem with what yeah. he did. No, I don't know, Steve. Yeah. Dysfunction happens no matter what your socioeconomic uh, so. status may be. It, it kind of does. And speaking of dysfunction, Josh McDaniels is is taking over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders job. Hit second time around for him in the NFL. Was hopefully the second will be better than the first. But now New England's got to go. It's his time. Yeah. And now they've got to go find somebody to replace him. We haven't had a chance to uh, to talk since last uh, <clears throat> Monday, and uh, of course later in that day, uh, they announced the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, results. Big Poppy is the only guy going in. Yeah, surprise, surprise me. It's a, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad he got in, and I'm glad that, uh, that he'll be, that he'll be enshrined. There's, a, there's a lot of question about, you know, the Roger Clemens and the Barry Bonds and, you know, the Sosas and stuff like that. And, and you know, and to me, they're the. You know, baseball profited off of those guys. Yes, they did. And with or without. 
uh, steroids. Those guys had Hall of Fame caliber talent going yep, in. They did, you know, and maybe that stuff extended their careers, maybe by quite a few years. But they didn't start testing for steroids until the very last couple of years before they retired. And so to point fingers, I think, I mean, I understand what they're getting at, but on the other hand, the reality is if these guys retired, and and I I don't remember the exact date, but let's say they they retired in 2006, but testing didn't begin until 2004, something around there, then are we really blaming these guys, you know, properly? Because baseball, to me, bears the responsibility of, what is right and what is wrong. And as long as they accepted all the money from all the, you know, from all the promotion and marketing that they were able to do from these guys' achievements and then to squash, right. you know, their recognition in the Hall of Fame, to me seems, uh, you know, I'm starting to have second thoughts about all that. I think one of the things that uh, the speculation that people are saying um, in the baseball world is, is that, um, uh, you know, look, we're we've we're going to come to terms with this, and these guys are going to get in eventually. And there's they were sitting there saying that you know, and and there's question marks about Ortiz too. About he he failed he failed a test in two thousand and three. Yeah, we but, don't know what for, but he failed a test. And a lot of these guys don't pass the eyeball test. But there people were saying like they're let you know Ortiz is in. Um, you know he he's he's going to be the first ones of the of the questionable players. And this will be the entree for for Bonds and Clemens to eventually get in one day. I thought I thought Bonds and Clemens were getting in this time. Uh, they were on a lot of the early ballots and had yeah. over seventy five percent. They didn't make it. Their 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 time will come, but it's all about David Ortiz this time. Even uh, even A Rod didn't get in. A Rod, little. I mean, again, more you know steroid accu- accusations, but. A lot of stuff never proven either. No, and and that was a that was a big part of all of those years of baseball, and it, eventually, um, the writers and major league base we're going to come to terms with that. The guys will get in eventually, just not yet. Yeah, and and Big Poppy, we've talked about this before. If there's any guy that was more beloved than David Ortiz, I'd like to see it. Maybe, yeah. maybe Carl Yastrzemski, maybe Ted Williams, but but you know you you that's a very pretty short list yeah. greatest, of, of legends greatest yeah. clutch hitter in Red Sox history and, and a guy who uses steroids who gets better over the years as uh, he gets older because that's uh, you know that's that's the thing when you're a steroid user well people get better say, when people you get are saying people are saying that about you Steve should we have you test right now yeah. well I'm just saying can uh, you fill a cup from here I I can fill a cup from here <laughs> you not from here not oh, from here right, there you go <laughs> once you hit fifty yeah. you lose your loft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Greatest clutch hitter I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I said I said the Ted Williams thing last week. Yeah, that might have been overstepping it a little bit. David Ortiz is the greatest clutch hitter in Red Sox history. Ted Williams never really had a head for business, though. <laughs> Good one, Steve. There's a lot of holes in that argument. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. All right, we will talk to you next week. All right, man. Um, yeah, love. Well, we have the Pro Bowl to talk about next Monday. Oh, terrific. I'll see you then. It's uh, 724 on Rock 102. 726 of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 29. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 36. It's negative 2 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, if you ever uh, missed the show, you could always check out uh, the daily podcast on rock102.com. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the uh, you'll find the daily podcast. And Baxi's musical podcast, uh, my guest from uh, late last week, 
Giannis yeah. album cover artist. Uh, you can still check that out on all those uh, all those various platforms, and hopefully. To later today, I'll be able to post up a brand new one. Well, is that the one that you have the the schedule for the guy in Australia with? No, that one is on Wednesday. I had to uh, to reschedule the one for today, which mm-hmm. should have been the last week. But apparently, that one in, is in Madrid, Spain. And apparently, uh, you may find this hard to imagine, uh, the internet in Spain is mainly crap. And so, uh, oh, it's not mainly on the plane. Not it's mainly on the plane. plane. It was just garbage, and they we couldn't uh, make the Zoom call happen. But that's uh, hopefully that will uh, that'll work itself out, and I'll be able to post that either today or tomorrow. I'm working on a guy for this show uh, who's in England. Yeah, and uh, that what I was asking you the other day. Via yeah, yeah. Text like, how do you work this whole this whole thing? Do you say when you say, "Oh, can we do 9 a.m. Eastern time"? Mm-hmm. Does he automatic? Does that other person automatically know that you're talking about New York time and not London time? Well, what you could say is it's a, let's say it's at like a 11 a.m. Eastern time. I parenthetically will say, which is you know the the right uh, time in England, uh, uh, so that there's no question. So, so I don't I don't I don't leave all the work up to somebody else to get wrong. Gotcha. I give them an option. That's why I got that app, which shows you the time differences between. One country to another. Yeah, I, it helps. There's this guy who's uh, who went on tour last year. Uh, he's an English guy, and he went on tour uh, singing Elton John cover songs. Like it was like that was his big thing. He'd hold these like he was like a, an Elton John cover artist, if you will. Okay, but uh, he also did this after he he's reco- he's a recovering alcoholic. But my question is, so is Elton? Well, well that's what I said. My question is. Wouldn't you want to drink after listening to Elton John for, uh, or even singing it for more than a minute? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a couple Elton John songs I'd want to do that even, for. Even with that Dua Lipa, and he's doing that Cold, Cold Heart song. Right. Uh, man, I feel like uh, doing lines of Coke and all kinds of other things listening to that music. Just like Elton Just like John, John would have wanted. done. Exactly. But not off of Bernie Topin. <laughs> <laughs> It's 729. News is next. The Rock 102. 731. We're back on Brian to Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Call now, and you receive 40% off installation. Plus, if you mention Rock 102, you get a free shower fixture upgrade. Valued at 500 hours, yankeehome.com. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Multiple crews work together to extinguish a third alarm kitchen fire in Colerain, according to the statement issued by the Colerain Fire Department. Around 5.30 Saturday evening, uh, ambulance and fire were called to 129 north of Green River Road in Colerain for a reported kitchen fire. I believe that's a song by the Sanford Townsend Band. Smoke from a kitchen fire. No, no, that's a uh, smoke from a distant fire. Are you sure about that? I am positive about it. But Girl, you your eyes have a mist from the smoke of a kitchen fire. Girl, your eyes have a smoke, smoke from a kitchen fire. No, but you're very close, though. Yeah. I mean, anyway. it's, it's it's hard to it's hard to argue with what you're trying to tell me, but it's uh, it's good. The fire was immediately reported as a first alarm fire, leading to the call for backup from multiple nearby fire departments. Around 20 minutes later, the fire was upgraded to a second alarm fire after crews began to work to break it down. Crews later upgraded the situation to a third alarm fire after it had extended up the wall to the roof and began to travel the roof line to the front of the house in the adjacent barn. 
Pretty Damn. nasty fire. After several hours of working against the blaze, the situation was declared under control, and total crews worked against this fire for nearly 10 hours. Emergency personnel did report having significant difficulties with equipment due to the below-freezing conditions. That's the one thing, you know, the fire, the job of the firefighter to be out there in those sub-zero temperatures mm-hmm. using water. <laughs> like, it's like probably one of the... You know, you can get frostbite, you get hypothermia, you get all kinds of different things. Yeah, just but from you know, doing this. But if you're uh, if you're near a fire, and I don't know if you uh, know uh, this much about the science of fire. Yeah. Um, when you step closer to a fire, you tend to get a little more toasty. You do, but it's not quite what you're thinking. It's not like you setting. Uh, your bum barrel in your backyard. You don't, you don't think okay. there's a bunch of firefighters who are warming up their hands no. against a burning f- uh, no. structure? Matter of fact, I think that's the place they'd least rather be, but they have to be because that's their job. Mm. Uh, no injuries were reported. One cat was rescued, and three others escaped the home. After an investigation, the fire was determined to be caused by an electrical malfunction in the kitchen. So it's not like uh, like the, like the food was on the stove or anything like that. It was an electrical problem. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, the girl, uh, her eyes had a mist from the smoke of a kitchen fire. Yeah, that's the Sanford Townsend band was a smoke from, from a distant smoke fire. of a kitchen. Really? I swear to God. I don't know about that. I kind of like to think that it was uh, the kitchen fire. Hmm? Well, I, I think in this instance that makes sense, but the, the actual song is smoke from a distant fire. Uh, traffic alert. A road closure to all westbound traffic has been announced in Ware on the East Street, East Main Street Bridge, according to the statement from the Ware Police. Ware Police? Ware Police. Traffic coming from the westbound side of the bridge will have to detour down Knox Avenue to South Street. Eastbound traffic is open and allowed to cross at this time. The cause of the road closure has not yet been determined. We will update you, probably not, with other details of the story. Well, why would you need it? Why would you need to know any more than that? Uh, I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to know? Uh, the 22 News Storm Team issued the severe weather alert for Saturday for the potential of heavy snow and significant accumulations in parts of western Massachusetts. So how much snow did we get? Ready? Okay. Hamden, 12 inches. Oh, oh yeah. That's who, that, that's who we got. We got. I'd say we got probably like a good <coughs> nine inches. But you know, nine inches can be pretty punishing. Chickabee had eleven inches. Munson had ten. You want to know the worst one? Which one? Williamstown, one point five. <laughs> you know, and they're they're saying that Huntington had about three point seven five inches. I would probably say that was uh, that's that accurate. Was, that was about accurate. I know in the eastern part of the state, they just got walloped. But they still did. not big enough to compete with the big one, 1978. That was the big one. That was the one that still wreaks fear in all of our hearts for those of us old enough to remember it. Yeah, it it, it really is. It was like three yeah. feet of snow in a single afternoon. Oh, come on. No, seriously. <laughs> you lived three. in New England. Uh, you could You could handle it. Yeah, no, we, we never we never faced anything like that. You know, and that's the thing. You know, when I was talking about that last week, like when living in upstate New York, you deal with that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. They would rarely close the schools. Rarely. They wouldn't even have delays because the buses were just so used to driving in this kind of conditions. Right. 
And you'd have, uh, like, they were so, you know how around here we always have, like, a snowplow budget? Yeah. And it's, like, the least amount of money they put things in because we never know what the actual storm is going to get. And they're usually, like, pumping money into this thing at the end of the season. The, up, up in upstate New York. That's the biggest part of their budget is the snow because it has to be because they go out and they do it. They salt and sandal. Well, and that makes sense. You you expect yeah. that kind of snow, but back in 1978, you know they sent us off to school that day because they didn't realize that a snowstorm of this magnitude was going to hit. They didn't have the technology like they do today. In, uh, you know, back in 1978, so we all got dismissed early, and the forecast for that snow was nowhere near three feet of snow, but that's what they got. So no one had the chance to you know, go to their local grocery store, pick up their bread, their milk, their eggs to make the French toast. They didn't have any of that stuff. People had, like, no food in their house. Yeah. Completely took them by, uh, by surprise. That's well, what made it so much worse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could probably happen again around here. Yeah. It would, it would be like if... If we got like a two foot snowstorm and Brian Lapis said it's going to be uh, you know sunny and fifty degrees all day, and then boom, it's a with this the bomb thing. cyclone, and all of a sudden Brian Lapis looks goofier than he ever has. I even think that was possible. It's possible he could look goofier than than that. I can uh, I can guarantee hundred percent that there are times when Brian Lapis is so goofy. That even he says to himself, well, I'm glad no cameras are looking at me doing this. Uh, I had, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, all these parking bans throughout the the area. Yeah. Holyoke now has the reverse parking ban in effect. Which so is, rather than park on the odd side of the, wait a minute. You're, and rather than park on the odd side of the street like you were, now you got to park on the even side of the street. Oh, how much yeah. of a pain in the ass that is. That's a big pain in the ass. You know, when, when uh, my wife and I were living in Springfield. Uh-huh. Um, she lived on one of those private ways. Yeah. So it's like always the last street to get plowed. Right. But it, you still have the parking ban in effect, which everybody on that street would ignore. Yeah. So you'd have cars that would be buried for weeks. Yeah. In, and, and encased <clears throat> in ice that were immovable. So it basically made the street that much harder to get out of or to even drive down. I got to say, with my experience with the Springfield DPW, they really do give you a lot of leeway up until the point where they actually tow your car. Yeah. Like, they're pretty good about, hey, if you don't move, we're going to tow you. And this happened, you know, we're talking probably 17 years ago now when yeah. I lived in Springfield off of White Street and... You know, the the owner of the I think it also probably depends on the owner of the home, but the owner of the home, the landlord, was also like pretty good about letting us park in the driveway to clear the snow and then put the cars back out in the street when right. we had to. And uh, the funniest thing was though, all these people the police would come around and they would make all these announcements saying, We're gonna be towing cars if you don't move the thing. And then of course the next snowstorm that happened. Right. They started coming down our street with a, with like two or three tow trucks, one, yeah. one in the end, middle, and at the other end. And they started towing these cars away. And these people were like running out going, what are you towing my freaking car for? And I'm thinking, you know what? Good, man. Because you were told months ago that they were going to be doing this. You told the last storm that they were going to be doing this. And now your car is the one that's blocking the streets of the snowplow. Can't Listen, if, if you're not paying attention to the parking ban... 
you have n- you get none of my sympathy I, if your car is either towed or covered in snow. Do you know I, where? Um, uh, I, go ahead. No, I said I will sympathize you with you with when you have to move the car. <laughs> like, yeah, no. When you have to go out and park like two blocks away from where you live and then we'll have to stumble back in the snow, I feel bad for you, Bat, but it needs to be done. Otherwise, the plow is not going to be able to come and clear the street. Well, do you know where Fountain Street is? Yes. In, uh, in Forest Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so years ago, I lived on Dickinson Street. On yeah. that, on the, <laughs> yeah. On that end of, uh, on the Long Meadow end of Dickinson Street. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I used to take Fountain Street all the time to get up to Belmont. Yeah. Well, you know, in the in the winter time, you know, that's a two that's a two it's a two-way street. But in the winter time, you have people parking on either side of the street. And it would when it would snow, it basically made uh Fountain Street virtually impassable because you know, the street gets shortened and you're do- you're you're moving from one side to another to either let the guy in you're coming from the opposite direction, go, yeah. or he's going to let you go. It was an absolute mess because yeah. you had all these people ignoring the parking ban, making Fountain Street unmanageable. Yeah. And, and and unfortunately, that's not the only street in Springfield where that happens. Yeah, I saw a tow truck guy over the weekend going, uh, he, he, please adhere to your parking ban so I don't need you to call me a favor at 3 o'clock in the morning when your car is being towed away. <laughs> Because guess what? Right. I'm not coming. Uh, update from last week. Two correctional officers from the Hamden County Sheriff's Department and an inmate that were involved in a car accident on West Avenue in Ludlow uh, are recovering from their injuries. The accident occurred 3.25 p.m. Wednesday afternoon as the officers were taking in the inmate back to jail after a medical appointment. According to Ludlow Police Sergeant Sean Sha- Knox, a Springfield woman driving a 2008 Acura SUV crossed the double yellow center line on West Avenue, hitting the Sheriff's Department's cruiser. The officer's vehicle was totaled and two wheels were ripped off due to the accident. It was a pretty uh, serious incident. Yeah, it, was. it wasn't just like some fender bender. The good mm. thing is everybody's okay. Ludlow police determined the woman was using her cell phone at the time of the incident. She has been issued citations and will uh, be summoned to... Or no, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll read it the way 22 uh, did it. Ready? Will summonsed to Palmer District Court for the following charges. Will summons? Will summonsed. Wasn't that uh wasn't that a uh <laughs> what, what am I thinking of? I don't know. Simmons. What was I think not Richard Simmons? It was a Simmons, it was like a comedy show. I have no idea uh, what you're talking know. about. All right. Anyway, uh, Mark Lane's violation, negligent operation, and uh, injury from mobile phone use. You know, I get uh, not for nothing, but if you, I believe, get into an accident with a vehicle owned by the sheriff's department, mm-hmm. that's going to look really bad either in court or with your insurance company. Yeah. That's uh, something to keep in mind. What would you do? I hit two cops. Oh, yeah. I, I hit uh, somebody from the sheriff's department. Yeah. Your insurance rates are going. Oh way yeah, up. and you know what? You will have earned every every dollar assessed to your uh, premium. Yeah, it's it's not funny, but it's like you can tell now that there are a lot of people out there using their cell phones while driving, because they look like they're drunk driving. Yeah, they're swerving all over the road, and then you know you finally get up alongside of them, and what they're not paying attention to anything; they're just texting. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, side streets aside. Every time I see somebody driving on a very busy yeah. highway, looking at their phone, yeah, I get, uh, I get so angry. I just, I just, I have to post about it on Twitter. 
Russell Simmons Deaf Comedy Jam. That's, That's what it. I was looking for. That's the one. That's Why didn't you just say that? Because I couldn't remember. <sighs> I, you know, I, this is why we have listeners texting us good, in the morning. It's a good thing to remind us of what's going on. Uh, you know, I so my insurance company uh, sends me this invitation to download this app. Okay, where uh, they will reward you from for doing like good driving uh, skill for having good driving skills. What they give you a plaque? No, they give you. Uh, let me see. I'll, I'm gonna open this thing right now. It's a. It's from. I'm trying to think of the name of the insurance company. Plymouth Rock is my car insurance company, right? Okay. I'm at a. I'm at a 95 right now. Score. And what does that? Uh, what does that get you? Well, that will get you. Well, I'll show you. You can get uh, five dollars or ten dollars off Amazon. <whistles> yeah, you can get. Oh, you can actually get a dollar off per gallon. Of gas. Really? A, a, whole, st- a whole, whole dollar. dollar? Yeah. A whole dollar per gallon or you, just a well, dollar? you got to collect enough points. I just started you. It's like 9,800 points for the $10 off Amazon, right? But already in the last week, I have 7,800 points. So it looks like you can fairly, you can use. But then, like, I'm looking how they do this. You have to keep your location services on your phone all the time, right? But then they take points off. For like stuff you do. Well, like well, what? Speeding and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So it like basically works with your GPS system. So you know how like when you use Waze or you use Google Maps or any of those things? Yeah. It tells you what the speed limit is on that road. For the most part, you know, for the m- major thoroughfares, they usually can tell you that the speed is 30 miles an hour or 35 miles an hour. So this thing is tracking everything I do. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is just a way for my insurance company to jack up my rates when they're like, you're not a safe driver. Well, Why the hell have we been doing this well, to you? To me, it seems Enjoy to be your $5 to Amazon, you schlub. I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's an awful intrusive invasion of your privacy for a $10 di- for a 10% discount on one Amazon order. Well, that's... Uh, Please. Uh, I, I don't know. This is just... It, it's kind of ridiculous. But I have a 95. You know, do, do you remember when they put in them uh, those, uh, those gantries? When they did yeah. the the open road tolling, and some people were afraid that if uh, you know if they were buzzing right you know through the the uh, the Mass Pike, for example, yeah. that they'd be able to track your speed because I mean you know the dis- the speed between one gantry yeah, to the next like could it, mathematically like... be figured out. <laughs> right. They never did that, and they said they were never going to do that. And I don't think, to, to the best of my knowledge, they have not done that. But they well, could. They probably know. I mean, with it's an electronic thing, yeah. So they can tell, like, when your Easy Pass goes off in was it Ludlow? Yeah, and say Ludlow like and like like Charlton is then your uh... and then you hit Westfield and it only took you four minutes. Then they know you've been speeding. Yeah, they know you got kind of a lead foot. A new study. On has... the other hand, if it uh, if it's me driving and I'm only going 48 miles an hour on the Mass Pike, they know it's me. A new study has found that uh, 26% of young people became more intimate with themselves during the strict early COVID-19 lockdowns in the spring of 2020. And honestly, it's surprising that it was only 26%. That's only because the other because the other 80, 80% uh, plus is lying. Lying about it. The uh, people in the study were ages uh, between the ages of 18 and 32. 20% of them claimed they watched uh, pornography alone more often due to the pandemic, partially out of boredom. boredom. And 9% of them 
found themselves using sex toys more often. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, uh, what did you do? Uh, oh, I increased production. <laughs> But supply and demand uh, has left us uh, without any product. Well, because, you know, for some people, it's hard to find work to help. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Shaking hands with the unemployed. That's what I've been doing. that's the truth. I'm doling doling out uh, stimulus packages, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Women were more likely to report an increase in sexual fantasies, while men were more likely to admit watching more porn. Yeah. You know what, frankly, uh, fantasies take too long to create. Oh, see, uh, let's say you're a lonely... Lonely housewife at home mm-hmm. now, uh, home all alone doing your work from your office. Things get pretty hot in there. That's right. And for the guy is, oh, I'm going upstairs for a few minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> He's washing his hands for an awful long period of yeah, time. Yeah, why, why is the shower on for so long? What are you doing in the shower? It must have been very dirty. That was, uh, that was the uh, family guy with the... Um, Donny Osmond family. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that. He w- he, w- he was like in he was talking to Marie and he's like Marie, the shower was on for so long. What were you doing in the shower, Marie? <laughs> that shower was just awfully long. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 29. Tomorrow. Uh, Sunny with a high of 36. It's warming up, Bax. It's negative one in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Getting married in a... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 755 in Bon Jovi on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 29. uh, Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's negative one in uh, downtown Springfield. Your forecast, by the way, brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Always velvety smooth and never bitter. Fogbuster is air roasted. Look for the black and white can now at every Big Y Express. There you go. I'm going to do that just because you told me to. That's delicious. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, what do we, uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, I was, uh, it was, I don't know if you, if you've got anything for next hour. I was, uh, at some point I'd like to talk about this whole Spotify debacle. Yeah. You know, with Neil Young and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Joni Mitchell and, and now Niels Lofgren and, and, and others. And I'm trying to really kind of wrap my head about what really is going on here. And because to me, um, I'm, I'm kind of seeing things. One way, but always. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's a little it's a little confusing for the average slob who uses Spotify, like me, to understand what's really being said by both sides. Um, well, you know, I, uh, I mean, we can talk about this more yeah. after eight o'clock. I think uh, I think we should because I mean, you know, a ton of people are using Spotify for you know their podcasts, their music, and or you know, whatever. But you know, there's a there's a issue here. It's about uh, censorship and really what that means when it comes to an exchange of of thoughts and ideas. So maybe we can talk about that next hour. Absolutely. There you Let's go. Let's have a music conversation. Yeah, there you go. But yeah. it's more than about music. It's actually more of a like a constitutional question. Yes, it is. Yeah. So that's me a lot of laughs. Oh, man. I can't wait. It's 7.57 on Rock 102. GG. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blue with the King of Snow.
Get an errands at Rockies. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, there you go. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals against the L.A. Rams in Super Bowl 56. A thrilling matchup between number four seeds playing in the Rams' home stadium. And while I would love to talk about the various matchups, analysis, and strategies that have been swirling around in my head, I find that I have much bigger questions to ask this morning. For example, whose great idea was it to put that big stack of loudspeakers directly high behind the CBS halftime show? Because that was one of the best halftime shows that I've ever seen. For those of you who might have missed it during the AFC title game between the Bengals and Kansas City Chiefs, the halftime show with JB, Coach Cower, Phil Sims, Nate Burleson, and Boomer was completely drowned out by the cowpoke, country-flavored, product-placement-heavy music of Walker Hayes. And to make sure that every one of the 71,451 fans at Arrowhead Stadium could hear him singing about Applebee's and other great disappointments, they placed the loudspeaker directly behind the CBS set, making it impossible to hear anything that was coming out of anybody's mouth. Even Boomer Esiason commented about Nate Burleson's commentary by saying, I have no idea what you just said. And having watched those guys all season long, that was the most informative halftime show they've done all year. It's almost a shame they couldn't find a way to drown out Tony Romo too, because I would have paid good money to see that happen. It's even a bigger shame that they couldn't find a way to drown out Terry Bradshaw a few hours later on Fox. Listen, as a professional broadcaster, I must tell you that the very first thing they tell you in broadcast school is to step away from where all the noise is. And if your comments are being drowned out by, of all things, horrible country music, grab your microphone and move. Because as long as that crappy song is playing, it ain't going to get any better. But hey, in a my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Snow, ice. Rockies, before and after every storm, get all the stuff you need, an ice scraper, a snowblower, ice melt, a roof rake. You'll find all that stuff to help you through the storm at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back, so that's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 808 and Brian Adams on Rock 102. <laughs> Brian Adams. This summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's funny. That's uh, hilarious. Hey, by the way, uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast uh, is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 29. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 36. Uh, we're still not quite there yet. Negative one right now in downtown Springfield. You know, we mentioned this last week uh, about Neil Young deciding, or threatening rather at the time, to remove his music from Spotify mm-hmm. based upon statements that were made in the Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe Rogan experience yeah. on Spotify. And uh, and since that happened, uh, you know, Neil Young decided, I'm just going to remove my music because Spotify is not going to release Joe Rogan. There's a $100 million contract at play there, and mm-hmm. they're defending uh, his right to say what he needed to say. Right. Since then, you've had Joni Mitchell uh, remove her music. Nils Lofgren has removed his music, and there's a number of other artists that have kind of followed. followed the path on this one. Now, it's not it, before people start thinking this is about music. Uh, it's not. This really isn't about music at all, because uh, it, in a very real way, well, Joe Rogan doesn't sing. No, he doesn't sing. No. But uh, in a very real way, uh, Neil Young's "Landing on Water" from 1986 and the "Fork on the Road" album. Believe me, uh, they all did you a favor. Uh, the, the question really is about this is actually a larger question mm-hmm. that actually is an important question. And, and, uh, and regardless of what you may think of the 
of the actors involved here, whether it's it's Neil Young or Joni Mitchell or Joe Rogan, the question winds up becoming almost like a free speech question. Mm-hmm. The question is, does what Neil Young propose to the people of, of Spotify mm-hmm. and to its customers, the people actually you know listen to stuff on Spotify, is what he is what he's doing constitute a form of censorship of Joe Rogan's right to say whatever he wants on his show? Is Joe Rogan's speech protected? Or is what Joe Rogan doing like yelling fire in a, in a, in a crowded theater? I thought you were asking about Neil Young. What Neil Young's doing is just <clears throat> doing what he's always done and make a protest whenever he doesn't feel something's uh, going his way. Uh, I don't really think it is a free speech thing if, if, if it's a private entity. It's a private company. Now, yes, maybe millions and millions of people listen to Spotify, but it's really their decision in the end of who gets to be on their service and who doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah. But what yeah, but what is happening here is that, you know, pressure from an outside source, in this case, musical artists, Neil Young mm-hmm. spearheading this thing, are telling people, don't use this service because you have a guy on there that is saying this yeah well the ultimatum is the the question i i have is does that infringe upon joe rogan's right to say whatever he wants on his podcast i don't think it does because joe rogan isn't being forced to never do a podcast ever again or never allowed to have his podcast be broadcast anywhere it's just on this particular private system that, you know, if they get enough pressure, they're going to cave. And Neil Young is not enough for them to cave. But if you get somebody, like they were talking over the weekend about uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Right. When you start when you start having artists like that follow suit with a Neil Young, that's when you're going to see Spotify go, hmm, is it worth losing all of the listeners for Joe Rogan, or is it, you know, it's a business decision. When it right. comes down to it at the end of the day, it's a business decision. But, but I, I don't think that's infringing on his rights. But you could also, and this is where, I'm, where I said before, that you know, I, can, I can see all, side, all sides and every side here. because Oh, I only see the world through rose-colored glasses. I know you do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm trying to present the, mm-hmm. a, a broader argument. Right. Because in a very real way, Neil Young is making a business decision, too. Mm-hmm. The way Spotify works, and this is kind of like a music business uh, scenario, is that you need to have a certain number of downloads of your music mm-hmm. to make any money at all on Spotify. Right. The numbers are way out of whack, and, and, it's, and it's way out of whack against the music artists. Now, a guy like Neil Young... Last year, sold 50% of his music rights for $150 million, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have done since and even before him. He sold his money. I mean, he sold his uh, his, his publishing rights. In a way, uh, you know, making ultimatums like this is a whole lot easier to do when you, one way or another, you've made your money. So he makes this, this ultimatum. But th- uh, there are other places for you to go to still get his music. Apple, Amazon, wherever. Loads of places to still stream that music. But Spotify, the only hookup is 
You have Joe Rogan on one hand, and then you have a business model, which doesn't really work for most musical artists. I mean, you literally have to be releasing stuff you know, every six months to see <laughs> any real financial benefit for staying right. on there. So there is a business reason for making these these claims and these statements. Uh-huh. And Spotify, uh, since this all happened over the last 48 hours, have now begun publishing like a new uh, their their new rules uh, right. to about uh, about false claims and especially as it relates to COVID, which is what the whole thing with Joe Rogan is all about. Right. And then Joe Rogan. Yesterday posts an inter- uh, Instagram video saying, I'm going to try to make my show uh, a little bit more broad and to offer other points of view, which would balance out everything that everyone's complaining about. So there's a lot of go- there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of moving mm-hmm. parts. To me, Joe Rogan has the right to say pretty much whatever he wants on his show on Spotify. And, and Neil Young has the right to move his music to whatever platform he wants and to move it away from any platform that he no longer likes. He's got 150 million reasons to do so. Yeah. So I don't see what the big deal is. The big deal is is that it it off it offers you a look into what constitutes actual censorship and what is a violation of your right of free speech. I know you're saying it's 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 private industry and the government is really uh, involved in violations of free speech. Like the government will not infringe upon your right to, to say what you want. But when you have a situation like this where boycotts are being levied, whether it's about broadcasters or podcasters or book authors or any pundit or whatever it is, you wonder, well, wait a minute. Is that really, is that really a fair thing to do? And shouldn't it be left up to the listener to decide whether or not they want to listen to whatever Joe Rogan has to say or not say about particular issues? In this case, it was COVID. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a it's an important question. I, I don't think his rights are being infringed upon. And uh, I'll stand by that argument of, of it being a private company because you're not telling Joe Rogan he can never say anything on his podcast ever again. You're just not you're not doing that. You're saying if they were to say we're pulling the plug on this, which they're not going to. No. He's got too many listeners. It's just it's money. It's it, it's the most listened to money, podcast money, here and in the UK. It's it, not going anywhere. Money drives everything. At the end of the day, it's it's all about who's got the bigger pocketbook and who's who they're going to stand by. They don't Spotify. Neil Young might have a lot of plays, but not enough for them to go, well, you know what, uh, maybe we'll we'll change our mind. It, again, it's about when Neil Young starts influencing other artists to continue doing the same thing. And then when you start having our other major artists drop off, I think, who was it from uh, the E Street band yesterday? Nils Lofgren. Like, yeah, it's like, well, okay, but... <laughs> Yeah, you're probably not going to get more than like... Not, he's he's an amazing guitarist, D- don't get me wrong, but his songs aren't worthy enough of making an impact enough for, for them to say, you know, we're not doing this Joe Rogan. No, but if you added a Dave Grohl... That's what I'm saying. It would. Yeah. If, if, if Paul McCartney were to jump on this and say, I'm pulling all of my music and the Beatles music, right? You know, then, it has, then it has a negative impact on... Not only the business of Spotify, but ultimately a negative impact on Joe Rogan's you know, a career. 
I mean, if if enough artists pulled back and said we are no longer working on Spotify, yeah, then it would affect Joe Rogan. Well, did at his show, didn't the stock drop like twenty five percent last yeah, week? Yeah, it was after. a big it was a big drop, and, um, and and that and that's why they decided to post these 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 rules publicly about what constitutes uh, a violation of their own policies on on uh, misleading information. The, the and they're only, saying that Joe Rogan doesn't meet that threshold. Okay, the only thing about these uh, uh these things when they when they make these rules, you know, now now they now Spotify's got these new rules that you're just talking about that they put out. The only thing with making those new rules is it's impossible to police every single thing that's being uploaded to your website. So, let's just say for all intents and purposes, which I don't know why you'd want to be in a tent right now. It's pretty cold outside. Or hang out with porpoises. It's cold uh, in that right, water. I know. It's a thing. But for all in- intents and porpoises, uh, <laughs> let's just say we went on this, like, you know, uh, we changed our view of, of how we handle uh, that information. Sure. And we start doing a Joe Rogan thing. Well, I bet you that that would go under the radar on Spotify, even though we're on Spotify, because we don't get, we don't garner the plays that a national uh, no, we don't. sensation like Joe Rogan does. We don't, we don't have those kinds of numbers to support right. the argument. But, on but, the that, other- but my point is that the information is still out there and it's still leaking to people. I mean, you're never going to be able to, to stop that, to prevent that from happening just because you you you've now forced the major one to do that and even though this is your policy there's no way they're going to be able to police that unless somebody brings it to their attention well and the other thing is is if you are listening to the joe rogan show and i'm not being critical of anybody who does i'm just saying that by and large when you hear an authority being interviewed about a certain thing and they have a particular point of view there's usually an opposite point of view that goes along with it. Like there's always another argument against what uh, somebody may say, a scientist, uh, you know, a, 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 any guest. Yeah. You know, there's always another point of view, another way of, of looking at things and another perspective. What many people are concerned about is, is that Joe Rogan's really not offering that. There used to be a thing called the equal time uh, law. Do you know what that is? Yeah, that uh, went straight out the door when corporations started owning television companies and uh, the, they changed the rules themselves. That with, is partially with, with true. With their money that, is that they have. Partially that. true. There used to yeah. be when you were to uh, cite a opinion you on had. radio or television, you had to offer the opposite opinion or someone to uh, or offer time uh, you know, someone the the uh, someone you had to offer someone the opportunity to refute what you right. said, and then the problem is, you know, it it was it was timely and cost effective, or not cost effective, and and for many ways, uh, radio stations were not allowed to talk about the, you know public, you know, uh, issues. Because which, it was just too difficult to do. Which I think is a, is a good rule that should be put back in place. No, I think it's a terrible rule to Why? be put back. Because it actually, uh, because you should have the right to uh, to your free speech as a broadcaster. Yeah, but your bro- the, so, uh, the equal time law okay, here's, damages, here's the difference. damages it. The equal time law was only for public 
it was only for the public airways stuff. Yes. And when was, the FCC came along, as far as cable television was concerned, that got all thrown out the window. Right. But if the if 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 uh, if your First Amendment right of free speech is that the government shall impose new law that restricts yeah. your right to free to, to speak freely, mm-hmm. and that law does restrict your fri- your right to free speech because of the economics of doing so, then it is not a, a good law, and that's why it was struck down back during the uh, the Reagan administration. So it does have some some impact. It's I mean, if if you were to bring that back, and, uh, and it should also be pointed out that. Spotify would not be FCC regulated anyway. So, well, and that's should thing. should you impose restrictions well, on it? I would say listen, no. Uh, I, I I was never a fan of of Donald Trump at all, but I also really had a problem with the whole being blocked from Twitter thing because there you are. I mean, you have. Because the reasoning, you know, was because of the uh, the incitement, uh, the alleged incitement of the violence and right. blah, 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 all that stuff. And then, then, then they, they nixed them from Twitter. Yeah. Do you ever go through a Twitter feed and see? Oh, it's all a cesspool. These, uh, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and this is what I'm talking about with the, you know, with the uh, we're going to we're going to police you now, Joe Rogan, to make sure that you're not spreading any sort of misinformation. But again, you have all these other people. Twitter is no exception to that. There are so many, there are billions of users on these services that it's impossible for any one company to to police. Sure. And the sa- Facebook is is lying through their teeth too when they say we've we're we're making improvements to these things when there's no physical possible way for all of that information with all those users and the amount of employees that they have at any number of the any one of these companies. I don't know, rebranding themselves <laughs> as Meta certainly did seem to do the trick. But uh you're getting into, you know, uh, companies are becoming more powerful than the government are, too. So the companies are the ones that are actually making the laws now, yeah. you know, as far as the unwritten laws, but, but they well when it comes to speech when it comes to podcasts when it comes to broadcasts you know you have to wonder well is it all a, uh, an, e- an equal playing field yeah. and in what may apply to us but doesn't apply to Joe Rogan or vice versa you know what's really the fairness of this all i mean you know, it, it, listen as, as a listener of any podcast if i hear somebody make statements on a show mm-hmm. i don't necessarily assume they're right i don't necessarily assume that this so-called expert is telling me the full story. There may very well be another side to that issue that this guy is talking about. But that's because you're in this business. And I think that people like us who have been around this information long enough can distinct between what's real and what's not. And what's, you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm I do I'm, understand what, what you mean, at? but what I'm saying Where, is that it's cons- the average person right. doesn't do that. The well, average person is... If they like a particular person, they're going to listen to that person, right? It, it, especially if it uh, if it validates their own feelings, right? Yes, but what I'm saying is that in order to get a fair assessment of what's really going on in the world, having an open mind going into these things and maybe exploring other possibilities but, would behoove all of us. But but I'm saying is the problem is that most people don't do that. Obviously, most people are very you know. Uh, Blindsided or not, or blinded. No, we'd, by ra- the fact we'd, that- we'd rather sit in a tribal situation where yeah. we're all thinking in the same 
in the same direction. But life isn't really like that. No, it's not. But as far as Joe Rogan's concerned, I don't think he has anything to worry about. It's 825 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Proven quality sleep. And Nagel and Rock 102. You know, I uh, have this new phone that I bought, right? Yeah. And then, uh, I'm, you know, you're just like discovering different things yeah. you know, like about your new, uh, your new electronic. Sure. So then, uh, I, you know, I'm finally like fully setting this thing up. Cause I like I know it can back up to the cloud, but I don't like to do that. I like to back it up to like a computer or a hard drive or something like that. You know, sure, through iTunes. So I, I back it up and uh, it gets all set, and then all of a sudden it says, uh, "Find my iPhone will be available when this when this phone is not on." And I'm like, really? When this phone is not so like on. if the phone was off or battery died, yeah. First of all, it would send the last location where the phone was, which is very helpful before sure. the battery dies. But it also enables a feature where you can find the phone with no power to it. How do they do that? Well, this is going into the conspiracy now. Remember, everybody said that even with your phone off, the government is still listening to you. Well, if the government, if the if the Apple can. Uh, find your phone without it being turned on or right. a dead battery, then that means that there's something going on there. Is that how they found Saddam in that uh, spider hole? Yes. He kept was pinging his phone? Can candy Crush. Damn, Candy Crush. And and uh, Gaddafi. Ah, uh, man. Yeah. That's the problem. That you, you At that point when you're on the run, you, you leave your phone and you get a burner from a... Cumberland Farms or something like that. The infidels will rise tomorrow. Ooh. Ooh. Piece of candy. Ooh. Piece of candy. Ooh. Next, piece thing, of candy. next thing you know, they're yeah. impaling him with sticks. Ah, oh, man. Good stuff. But here, your phone's listening to you all the time. I'm telling you what. It listens all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've been just you know, having random conversations, and, then and they, they turn on the phone, yeah. and there's a there's a uh, like a like a like like an ad for whatever I was just talking about. Yeah, I almost got to be careful what I'm talking about. I know. I I've been doing that uh, quite a bit. Uh, when I was uh, like, even when I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago, when I was sick about Home Depot delivering things. Yeah. All of a sudden, then, in my news feed was nothing but ads for Home Depot. It's not a coincidence. No. You're listening to everything we talk about. It's scary. It, damn right it is. It's eight thirty one. We have news next to Rock one hundred two. Is I eight thirty three, back some Nagel and Rock one hundred and two. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Serviu Locksmith. They got a key for that. St. James Avenue in Springfield or ServiuLocksmith.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Traffic alert: Roadhog car accident uh, nine ninety one northbound just before exit eight, which is causing a huge backup now. It's backed up all the way to Forest Park. I just saw the uh, the Waze info. Really? Yeah. The Forest Park. Yeah. That's, uh, that's well. Thankfully, nobody that, really drives past there. That's down this end. Of yeah. 91. Well, thankfully, it's not a highly traveled area. No, uh, thankfully, it's not, and uh, <laughs> people should be getting back to getting to, get, getting to work pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, should be a piece of cake. So, uh, oh, to follow up on this uh, Joe Rogan thing, because I know we just finished talking about it, but it's all right. It's still you got something else to to get off your chest. Let it out. Let it out. The, oh. Let it out there. Australian pranksters The Chaser have left thousands of Spotify users scratching their heads today after the comedy group briefly, uh, briefly took over the top ranking spot for Joe Rogan on the platform with a fake podcast promoting vaccines. 
actually, if you're looking at the uh, the Spotify menu, it's their podcast with Joe Rogan's face on it, but then it says their name underneath it. Like they're the ones, even though it says the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, clever. Yeah, so they uh, they thought this would be uh, this would be funny. Uh, people like Neil Young have been pulling their music to get back at Spotify, which is very noble, but probably isn't going to convince many people to get jabbed. Explained the Chasers Charles Fifth uh, Firth today. We figured most of Rogan's audience is so gullible, it'll be easier we just pretended to be Joe for a day and declare that vaccines are safe. <laughs> Knowing how quickly his fans fall for most of his scams, we expect they'll all be fully vaccinated within the next six to eight hours. Very cool. Maybe we should do that. What, uh, do a fake podcast? Yeah, rip off his name and likeness and see what happens. Well, we could we could very well uh, be on to something new. I don't see a problem with that. And then we could uh, we could talk about things like where that bar was up in Montague. Which, by the way, <laughs> we've determined it's the Montague Inn is the bar that I went to that was sort of like a bar. Right. Yeah. Just an old man with his papers on the bar. An old just... man who just wanted people to drink with. That's all he wanted. Isn't that a kick in our face? Yeah. You and I are like, you know, beating our heads against the wall trying to think of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that gets the most notice is there's a little hole-in-the-wall bar up in Montague of all places. Hey, listen, man. We should uh, make a regular segment of Where Stuff Was. Because I was telling you last week off the air that I'm getting to the age now where I'm starting to remember that things where the things used to be. Right. You know, like or what uh, or, or what things used to be. Yeah, like uh, like Macara's in Springfield. Do you remember that? Nightclub? I do. Which is now something else. It was a AAA office for the longest time. I don't know what it is now. And it was a cleaners. There was a bank there. I believe there's still a bank there. Um, it was a triple A office, right? That's what I said. Yeah, it was originally AAA a triple A office and an Eblins. And then. Oh, I forgot about the Eblins. That's another one where stuff was. Yeah, I know. It was the Eblins was there. You know, we're also uh, close to, uh, to to finding out uh, the old uh, Adolfo's on yeah. Worthing the Street. Yeah. That's about to become a new place. What is it? It's about to be called Jackalope. Ooh. Yeah, that, yeah, I saw like a like a like a menu preview of it. Yeah, their website is very vague as far as when it's uh, going to open, but a new place on the Worthing Street called Jackalope sounds pretty damn good. Does sound good. Just the name of it, Jackalope. They say who owns it or who who bought it? Uh, I think it's you know, and I, and I, I may be wrong about this. I think it's uh these guys that own a a, a craft. Brewery. Ah, gotcha. But I don't remember which one, and I don't remember off the top of my head where Ad it is. Adolfo's was phenomenal. The uh, the stuff it was like it was like a it was like a filet mignon, but it was like stuffed with prosciutto. Oh, Jesus! And some kind of cheese. Really? Oh man, it was like. Awesome. Yeah, no, everything was usually pretty good at Adolfo's. Uh, three people have been displaced after a fire was extinguished in Springfield. According to the department, it started around 4.30 a.m. yesterday on Monroe Street. Fire crews were able to extinguish the fire. However, all companies were needed to do so. While the cause has not yet been released, the fire department has said the cause is being investigated. The uh, department also reported that the Red Cross is assisting those affected by the incident. Again, I wouldn't want to be fighting a fire in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, see, I don't know. Um, given a choice between fighting a fire in a really hot day, it's so uncomfortable, you're just sweating everywhere. Yeah. Or just you know maybe a little bit of, ch of a bit of chill in the air. Yeah. There are many reasons why I'm not a firefighter. 
Uh, mainly because you don't like to pick anything up. I don't like to pick anything up. Yeah. I can't see myself scaling up ladders to save lives. You know, I'm I'm really more the kind of person that would save myself. Uh, currently within Bay State Health, there are 209 hospitalized patients with COVID as of Sunday. Of those numbers reported, 21 are in the critical care unit. Uh, the positive case. They're saying that they're saying we're over this hump now, this Omicron hump. I hope so. My hump. My lovely lady hump. My lovely COVID hump. Yeah. We're, what you gonna uh, do with all that COVID? All that COVID inside your lungs. <laughs> oh, no, that. <laughs> Uh, numbers from the state show that Massachusetts hit the pandemic peak when it comes to the new COVID cases on January 3rd. Since then, cases have been dropping. And uh, people are certainly seeing this as a silver lining as cases within the state finally start to descend. Uh, they interviewed this guy off the street from Chicopee. As long as people are being safe, masking, washing hands, I think uh, that plays a part into the numbers going down. I saw a uh, kind of upsetting story um, out of Boston. Apparently, you know, restaurants that, uh, you know, because Boston's got the mandatory um, vaccine mm-hmm. or, or, or you know, the, the vaccine mandate for some restaurants. Yeah. Boston res- restaurants are losing like $15,000 a week because of this, because you have to be vaccinated to go into a restaurant. And they're losing how much per week? $15,000 a week. Some restaurants. Okay. Because of it. Because people don't want to go in because no, they're... because they're not allowed because this because the city is not allowing people to go into the restaurants unless they've been vaccinated. Okay, that's and that's that many unvaccinated people in Boston that don't want to go to a restaurant. Yeah, wow, that's a I mean that's that's a big loss for a lot of uh, for a lot of restaurant owners even in even in Boston. So I don't know, man. I, but you know, the good news is that most of these mandates, these vaccination mandates. You know, get lifted once we get beyond a certain threshold. Yeah. You hope that these things are all temporarily uh, lifted and quick. You would hope so, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do that anytime soon. I don't know. We will see. Um, yeah, and that's another thing. Yeah, you start making people. Uh, there was a girl on TikTok yesterday who was uh, showing off her stuff, going, "Hey, uh, you know, she's." Here, here, she didn't, it was no speaking to it. It was just like, uh, here I am uh, with the face of not getting into a Las Vegas nightclub because I don't have a vaccine card. She's like, I'll face <laughs> And here's me getting into a Las Vegas nightclub with my fake vaccine card. Oops. It's not, it's not like people aren't going to be, uh, it's a piece of paper. It's so easy to copy and make one that looks exactly like the real one. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could probably print a fake one off the internet and just I mean, sign your name to it. It's not going to work unless somebody has a database, like a computer database, uh, scanning your card, you know, matching, like a license, you know what I mean? Right. It does It's not going it, it, to. I think it's, it was a good idea on paper, but I don't think you're going to be able to get everybody on board with it. Uh, I'm being told that the owner of uh, the new Jackalope uh-huh. on uh, Worthington Street is also uh, one of the owners of the highbrow wood-fired kitchen in Northampton. Ooh. So there you go. Wow. Jackalope. The Jackalope. I just like saying it. I don't yep. even know if the food is any good or whether it's a nice place, but I'm just going to like say Jackalope. What is it? Uh, an antelope and a what? What is that? It's like, a, it's like a... I don't even know what a Jackalope is. Well, I know what a... 
Careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack Elope. Ready? Yes. Jack Elope. Uh, Jack Elope is a mythical animal of North American folklore. So it's not even real. You okay? Oh, it's like a it's like a bunny rabbit with horns. It's like a unicorn. Well, the picture I'm seeing of this mythical animal looks like a bunny rabbit, a furry no, no, little no, no. adorable doesn't, doesn't little like, rodent with horns. I'm just saying it's like a unicorn, where the mythical oh, portion of that. I thought you said like a, like a single horn to its head. I'm talking like like a, like a rack of horns, like you would see in a buck. Yeah, it does look like a rabbit. With, yes, like a, like a rabbit deer. A mythical animal. Well, you never know. They but I like be, saying it, jackalope. They could be, uh, they, they could be, uh, you know, popping up left and right. When they open, I'm going to call for reservations and say, hello, is this jackalope? I would like dinner, a, a table for two, please. Or you, uh, you pick it, is somebody, somebody working there. Hey, yeah. jackalope. Jackalope, yeah. can I take your message? <laughs> jackalope. A uh, cold snap in Florida is different than in other places. We put on heavy coats when it's 50 degrees. This is somebody from Florida. Yeah. Uh, no blizzard conditions here in the Sunshine State, but we have our issues as well. For example, in South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, there are iguanas falling out of trees. The National Weather Service said yesterday it's all going to be okay. The low temperatures are in the 30s, which is quite rare for Florida. And winter crops suffer no major damage. The iguanas are another matter. When it gets too cold, they go into a sort of suspended animation mode and just start falling out of trees. I've never seen that when I've been in Florida. I've heard of this before. You know, with the uh, I my mother used to tell me that the geckos used to, like, just stand in place when it got too cold outside down in Florida. But don't move? Yeah, they're like li- the lizard. It's like uh, they're... They're warm. What are they? Warm blooded or cold? What is it? Cold blooded, amphibian. I, I, I think they're. Co- I think they're cold blooded. All right, so they're cold blooded, but when it gets too cold, that's not good for them, because the cold keeps them cool in the warm. Okay. Listen, I'm not a scientist. Uh, I'm just uh, going off of what I sort of remember from paying attention in school. It's all right. No one's uh, no one's judging you much, but uh, I would love to be able to do that. Like when it, when it comes cold outside. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you're not getting any production out of me today. Oh, I do that hey, anyway. Hey, <laughs> you do that five days a week. I'm the dude that made his wife get the uh, the snowblower and uh, and and uh, clear out the driveway yesterday. You know, you really owe her a lot. Oh, that's the truth. You know, uh, you you make this woman go get. You're, uh, she's doing, uh, and I don't mean to be sexist by saying this, but she's doing man's work. Whoa, hey, now you're stepping into a landmine there, my you're friend. You're the man of the house. Yes, you're I know. You're supposed to be taking care of all the outside stuff. I and make it up. she is supposed to be doing the inside I stuff. make it up to her in other ways. Uh, I don't think you do. Let me tell you something. She got, uh, she got quite a jackpot the day she married me. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it came in the form of $200 worth of change that I wrapped up in a shoebox for you. <laughs> she did better than that. <laughs> Ooh, dimes, pennies, and nickels. What a lucky gal. Oh, boy. What a lucky gal. Uh, yeah, you, you really should uh, should treat her well. Make sure you take her out to a nice dinner this weekend. Of course. Our anniversary's coming up. Oh, that's right. It is February. Yeah, well... Yeah, sixteenth is the sixteenth is right away. Too close to Valentine's Day. Why'd you do that? 
Well, because we got a couple of reasons. One, we got a great discount on the room. Yeah. Uh, two, it was open. And three, it's also uh, it also happens to be my mother-in-law's birthday and my grandmother's birthday. So it was a significant day. So we we jumped on it. You know, my uh, my sister and her husband did uh, March eighteenth. Right so after close St- to tax. Oh yeah, right, right. after St. Patty's Day. Right St. Patty's Day, yeah. but right in between both of their birthdays. Like it's a it's like a five day <clears throat> period. Right. You know. Uh, well, most of them are five days, aren't they? Uh, but fi- <laughs> it's a five day period <laughs> of like his birthday, right? Then a day off, then St. Patrick's Day, then two days off, then it's her birthday. So it's like a, it's like a whole week full of festivities. Right. And I was like, nobody needs this. Nobody needs to do this. Well, you know, I, I there are some people that, <clears throat> for whatever reason, you know, when they have it on a on a particular holiday, like you know New Year's Eve or or on Valentine's Day, yeah. it, it kind of it kind of takes away from the day. Here, you know, we can combine it, and it's still not the same day. Like maybe we could start celebrating on the fourteenth, yeah. but don't end on until the sixteenth. Like it's like two and a half days of. Of real celebration. I don't understand the people who get married like uh, Christmas weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're having a wedding uh, five days before Christmas. Uh, yeah, not no. the best time of the year to have a wedding. You know what else I have a hard time uh, really wrapping my head around? Yeah. The destination wedding. Oh, like go somewhere? Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I, I know people that I've liked a lot mm-hmm. that had a destination wedding. What, like do an island or something like that? Yes, and while it sounds all very well and good, the only thing that I think of when I hear about a destination wedding is the amount of money I have to spend to be there. And do I care enough about this person and the person they are about to marry to uh, take on the costly expense of my attendance? Nine out of ten times, I have to say no. Well, good for you. I'll give you a nice gift. Yeah, <laughs> I spend thousands of dollars. I go halfway across the world so you can be happy for a day and overspend. Good for good for you. You should stand your ground on that. That's it. I am not traveling to the Bahamas to a nice, lovely, warm climate to go to your wedding. I would rather suffer here in the cold. Well, it's cheaper to suffer <laughs> here in the cold, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but you know what? You can't take that money with you when you go back. You might as well spend it and be happy. Sure. Then I'll spend it when I'm ready to spend it, not because you're having a wedding. Uh, whoever wins the, this should do a keg stand and then make the closest run for the bathroom. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, the makers of Hormel Chili just unveiled a keg filled with chili cheese dip. And one lucky, or unlucky, depending on how you look at this, person will have it on hand for the Super Bowl. You can sign up to win it at HormelChiliCheeseKeg.com. And mm-hmm. this week... They'll deliver the keg on Super Bowl Sunday, February 13th. It holds 15 gallons or 1,000 servings of chili cheese dip. And I don't know how they're really bragging about this, uh, but if you ate it all in one sitting, it would be 10,000% of the calories you're supposed to have in a single day. (laughs) Why is that so great? I don't know. I don't know. But, Uh, uh, you know, as someone who actually has enjoyed his share of the Hormel chili uh, cheddar cheese dip. Yeah, in uh, my lifetime, this sounds like a great prize. Well, I'm going to go apply for it. Why not? It's a uh, hormelchilicheesecake.com. Oh man, that's how you enter. I love oh. dip by the keg, or any large uh, 
or any large container. Wouldn't it be cool if I won this thing? Would you share it? Would you, yeah, absolutely, would, I'd Give share me a few it. handfuls there, of dip. There, there would be no way in hell that I would be able to finish one of these things, and it, I'm not one of those uh, selfish persons when it comes to sharing my wealth. Of course. Uh, let's see. I wasn't born in 1908. 1978. There you go. And uh, I agree to the terms of service, and I will not sign up for the emails. So they're making this decision pretty quick. Yeah. Like by the end of the week, someone's going to have this uh, this keg in their well, hands. I just put my name in the bucket. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. See, I would do it now, too. But I, if I won, you know, I don't want you to get jealous. So uh, I'll let you be the one to win it. I'll just I'll just bring like a. Well, you can bask in the glory and we can take pictures with it. That's really all I need. Okay. Really. All right. That's like, you know, that in like a like a Gladware container to bring home. Or oh, two. Oh, you got to bring your own. You're bringing your own. I'm, I'm not, not asking sa- you to provide yeah, a glad. Well, you know, listen. Yeah. Listen. You're... Anywho, you, uh, <laughs> your Pioneer Valley. I'll forecast. use the one that Barry gave me for the soup. Oh, you still got that one. I still got that yeah. one. I got to return it. No, he's, he uses the, he gives you the, he gives it to you. I believe me, I've uh, done this with Barry. He doesn't want them back? He gives you the ones that he doesn't really care about. Oh, so I got a second rate. Thing of Gladware from well, Barry Krieger. Well, you're not going to get that good, uh, that good stuff. You're going to get the Gladlock. You're not going to get the Rubbermaid. <laughs> Getting the one he bought at five below. Right. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today: mostly sunny with a high of 29. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 36. It is warming up to three degrees in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah.